0: From the Dice Abide Live Studios, it's Late Night War Games with your hosts, Adam and John.
1: Thank you, Jay. Hello, everyone. I'm Adam, but you know me as the Dice Abide. And I'm John, also known as
2: YSKENSI. And tonight, we're joined by Aaron and Melanie, fresh off of an ITS-13 tournament. Woo!
1: No spoilers. First and second place. Woo! (laughs) Well, welcome, glad we uh, could could lure you back. Yeah, yeah, happy to be here. Excellent. You might be some of the, the first people to actually play an ITS tournament, which, which I, the, I think that makes you experts. Yeah, one of the There's... jokes
3: at the tournament was that whoever won the tournament was probably going to be number one in the world for, like,
4: a week or something. <laughs> which is great, because it also means I'm one of the worst ELOs in the world at the moment. So um...
1: <laughs> No spoilers i have i have it screenshotted somewhere where i think it was two seasons ago that i was number one in the world it was just because i ran a local tournament the weekend that the season came out and <laughs> won it and i was like yeah screenshotting that it'll never happen again i've reached the peak i'm done yep uh, <laughs> gg everybody well well welcome welcome what are you uh, what are you two drinking tonight
3: uh, we are drinking uh, grapefruit soju, oh, nice. which is delicious. Where where's my camera? There. We go. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, there we go. It's delicious, and uh, you should drink it if you haven't. So,
1: this is a recommendation. Are you? are both. Uh, you're both enjoying. Uh huh. Excellent. Wonderful, John. I
2: have some some tea, laced with. The holiday spice liqueur from Eastside Distilling, which is, I believe, local. So that is... It's just is like, like, it's a, like a, a spicy, spicy whiskey-y thing. It's pretty good.
1: Interesting. Interesting. Well, uh, in in the interest of health, I've made a switch from beer to whiskey. Um, so tonight I am enjoying the Cascade Ring, or the Broken Top
0: Mm-hmm.
1: bourbon from sisters oregon so it's a local craft distiller i think i've had uh, that
2: and it's actually not from sisters it's bottled for them if you check the back label
1: what shut yeah. up yeah pretty sure distilled and aged in indiana mm-hmm. no but yep. it's bottled by Spirits i was
2: i oregon. was lied to as well i actually had finished oh, that bottle man. a few shows ago
1: oh man john why did you have to ruin it for me well we were just talking
2: about the show how you like to troll people and aaron and melanie were like (laughs) why do you play with this guy and i was like because i do it to him
1: somebody's got (laughs) to troll
2: the troll right
1: well i'll take it (laughs) (laughs) cheers cheers everyone cheers
2: oh that's nice i like it yeah it's pretty decent
1: I'll take it. All right, John. I think yeah. that means it's time for you to take away some news.
2: Indeed. So just a reminder that uh you need to be a patron if you want us to send you minis. So that is the, That's the right? state of affairs. Uh, I believe you need to be what is it, uh, the D twenty tier, right? Is that what it is, Adam?
1: It's the uh it's the, the middle and top tier of Lothra Middle Cetus. and top
2: tier. Uh and then yep. you need to be subscribed for the quarter, I believe.
1: Exactly, so if you subscribe now, um, it'll bill you for this month on Patreon, so October, November, December, and then in January, all the people who are subscribed between October and then, I will go ahead and mail off one of these sweet, unauthorized bounty hunters. Excellent to represent your bounty hunter when they get off the motorcycle.
2: Yes, there you go. (laughs) Well... Uh, just a reminder that if you want to try out some new strategies and so on, you can t- do the Roman Academy mission, which is to take something that ordinarily you would take in a link, not in a link. So things like Gulam HMGs, which are excellent and you should totally run them. Uh, you know, stuff like that, things that you ordinarily wouldn't see outside of a, a core link or something like that. Um, I've had people ask if vanilla counts, right? Because I, I do mention that you can take a link if you want. Uh, you're not obligated to run a sectorial. You can absolutely play in vanilla. Just include something that you might want to take in a link. Uh, in fact, one person took a HB list, uh, took the the five model core, ported it to vanilla and added some stuff that you couldn't get in in an uh, in HB. And that was their, oh. their list that they're trying, which is a really good way to try this. Right. So take something, you know, uh, like t- take a list you like in a sectorial that you're comfortable playing. Right. That's important. You need to sort of have familiarity with the tools you're using, um, port it to vanilla. Drop some stuff to make room for points, and then put in stuff that so you could only get in vanilla or from another sectorial that you're really interested in trying. So that would be a good way to approach this. Really, we're just trying to make the the statement that you can do things uh, like taking a Gulam HMG solo, and it's not a total waste, right? So there, I've gotten a lot of work done uh, just with that, and people, you might surprise you. So something to think about. Um, with the with the new uh, bike spam everywhere, right? Uh, it's time to maybe paint up a bike, include it in the cool diorama, and send that in for the Brumman Academy and War Garage painting contest for the last quarter of 2021. Um, basically, we're judging you on primarily the the model you send in. So you only have to pay one model, and you can sort of stage it in a cool way with terrain, other models. They don't have to. All the other stuff doesn't necessarily have to be Corvus Belly themed. Uh, if you're really into using. Um, your CB models, it also in like say sci-fi RPGs or something, absolutely include other other lines of models in the diorama. Uh, if your diorama is particularly awesome, we will we will take that into account as well. Uh, but we're not going to you know judge you on on your terrain as much as we are going to judge you on the on the primary model that you submit. Standard rules apply. Um, you know, send me a picture of your unprimed or or base coded model, like in some early stage of whip, um, and don't share it until we're done, and that's it. As soon as I post the, the thing online, you're allowed to share, and we will choose a winner, and they get a blister and a, uh, a custom thing designed by Chris over at Monstrous Makings and 3D printed and shipped to the door. Also, uh, if there's enough participants, we will raffle off something from CB, probably another blister. So that is, that is the way that works. Um, we've also got the Lumbering Sprocket mission for this month which is to try out the new objectives that we've designed, right? So the um us and the testing team have come up with a few new objectives which don't exist in the 3.0 rules. So there's raid, which is go get a thing and run away with it, flags, which is go put a thing in the enemy table half, claim, which is basically uh zone control thing and pave the way, which is murder stuff. Uh but in a slightly different way than other murdery objectives. So check those out, please give us feedback. Um those the more different. yeah, the more the more data that we get especially the way the uh, objectives interact with one another. Uh, you, you know, you can you can check that out. Uh, in fact, we've actually written a whole article. Fan and I have c- come together, written an article on objectives in H- uh, Heavy Gear Blitz. Um, I talk about all the objectives in some level of detail, sort of explain the narrative reasoning behind them, and also give you some sort of loose synergies and anti-synergies you might expect uh, in the objectives. And I encourage you to find your own and let us know. And if you submit to the Lumbering Bracket mission, you have a chance of getting DP9 store credit. Uh, so, yeah, incentives there as well. Um, and then we've got some news from Forest Dragon. I believe this is the uh, Chaos Heavy Infantry um, uh, Cavalry. That's the word I was looking for. There
1: you go. Yep, so they're, he's still plugging along with the uh, the Warmaster Chaos Army, and they're looking really cool. Uh, as we speak, Dan is ferociously printing John's uh, Skaven slash Nippon Army, so yep. we can start playing some World War Master there. And now it sounds like we've got Eric suckered into both that and Heavy Gear. So yay, <laughs> making friends play games. But yeah, this game Army is looking really cool, and it's you know it's fun to support people that are out there, basically making it possible to play very good games that have been uh, left by the wayside and abandoned. So check it out. Oh
2: yeah, and then there's this, also uh, Elysian support... Reavers as a uh... Tanaka scalar points out.
1: Um, yeah, yeah. So that—that's the uh, the Illyrian Reaver's already out. That's from his uh, High Elf army. So sorry, they, Illyrian, they just included yeah. the Illyrian Reaver. Yeah, to show the scale of the uh, the Chaos Knights. There you go. Being quite a bit bigger and chunkier.
4: Um, this makes me want to get into War Master so badly. It's ridiculous.
1: You
2: should do it. <laughs> Absolutely. And you have you got—you've got a person living with you who will play with you. I have to like drive yeah, to Adam's class. house.
4: Uh, right skaven are really good
2: yeah skaven are really good mm-hmm. i'm definitely definitely gonna play skaven um if you want larger fantasy miniatures you can check out uh moonstone's uh kickstarter which is just finished
1: um and yeah they're uh they've just finished producing all of the miniatures yep so in terms of a small business committing you know to doing it on time it's so far, pretty impressive. All the models are in hand. Now they're just finishing laying out and getting the book published.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So
1: super cool. There's that 75-millimeter Jadeth who looks awesome. Right. I like That's the model. Like I didn't get it, and I'm going to continuously regret not getting it. Yeah, same. Yeah. <laughs> I mean,
2: I, I just want to paint it, but I also have all of this to paint. So <laughs> I think I'll be fine. I,
1: I have so many things I bought just to paint and I'm like, w- w- why? Come on. Yeah, Adam.
2: I know. That's, that's uh, exactly why I didn't, uh, but the book looks really <laughs> cool. I'm excited to to see that.
1: Um, and super important. Tom has been able to hire the first full-time employee yay. himself. So we, we, his, the, the Kickstarter and everyone out there has helped make his, his dream come true at least a little bit. And now he gets to work full-time delivering people's Kickstarter pledges. So super cool living the dream man
2: living the dream packing boxes um
1: such a yeah i'm waiting for pj to send me my uh my Gnomish airship so i can get cranking on my gnomes. i'm actually really excited to paint those probably more than anything else i have
2: that'll be fun model it'll be fun to to get another game at moonstone in um but we also have some other blog related news so melanie here has written oh. an entire overview of bakunin on infinity the academy you can go check that out uh it's what? it's got all of the units and her thoughts on them right i don't know you you're the one who wrote it tell us about what you did
4: <laughs> um yeah i got carried away and a reddit post turned into a whole guide so there is a short summaries of um all the different units i stole lore quotes from the rpg guides if you're curious about uh some of the background and Talk about if you're starting Bakunin, what's a good way to kind of get in there and what's a good way to, um, what are some good units to use? It is not. If you're already an expert player, it's probably not for you just because it'll give you perspective on the new, on different units. But um, some of the things that are warned against in the guide, you could probably get over if you've been playing for quite a while. But uh, yeah, if you're interested in a new army, there's now a guide on Bakunin. Super cool. I, I Bakunin
1: is, is my nomad army. Um, nice. I enjoy I enjoy giving it a read. Um, it's the correct nomad army, really. I don't, you. know.
2: I don't know about that, but all right, sure. <laughs> Everybody's got their own thing. But yeah, excellent written article. Um, we've got plenty of people asking for more. So uh, anytime you feel like writing another one, let me know.
4: I will, um, yeah, start learning a new army right away. sounds good yeah
1: yeah seems good
4: (laughs) i was gonna say the the feedback that you received was actually
1: far more constructive than the feedback i'm used to receiving so i'm a little jealous apparently i should just stop and you should write everything okay yeah (laughs) you're you're welcome to take over that responsibility of mine (laughs) (laughs) that i neglect
2: right well that's it for the news
1: and where? Really quick, John. Where can where can we find that article again?
2: That's on infinitytheacademy.com under articles.
1: There we go. You just under you just,
2: articles. You just go cool there and you click it. the article button, and it's the only one there right now. And you just that's that's where you find it. So, of course, Infinity of The Academy is home to all sorts of other articles, uh, like how you know basics of getting into the game, right? Even uh, uh, Oliver even goes into HeadChime, right? His name's Oliver. He goes into a whole example game, which he's painstakingly did. And then we, we worked together on some more advanced articles like hacking, camouflage, and I'm currently working on one with him uh, and, of course, all of the wonderful people who have given us feedback about building a list for a mission, which is going to maybe be a bit unsatisfying of an article. But we'll see. We'll see.
1: <laughs> well, excellent. I think that wraps up the news. Indeed. It's hobby time! Let's talk about toys.
2: So uh, (laughs) I'll go first. I actually have some hobby to show. Uh, I put together Uh my own copy of Fiddler and a bunch of other random blisters that were lying around. I got called out by Iskander on uh, the Infinity Global League mod Discord channel, and he was like, you're a coward if you don't play this ridiculous Steel Phalanx list. Uh, So of course, I accepted his challenge um and it required Achilles V2 so i went and got Achilles V2 and assembled him so now i can i can do that thing to somebody uh, probably adam um yeah <laughs> and then i assembled some other stuff that has been lying around i've had the uh Aristea alt sculpt for eight ball forever and i'm going to use him as my mm-hmm. Ikari Diokai um which i really well, there like you go the idea of. So that's that's my game plan there, but that's that's all I've got going on. I'm I'm painting Bran right now, but he's very not in a position to be shown on camera, so I will save that for maybe next week. But that's
1: what I've been you up also, to. Uh, we have to play Gong and the Dr- limited edition Dragon Lady.
2: I really like that model. I I'm gonna have I I posted it, I'll post some more photos of this close uh, close up in uh, in my Instagram, right? So you can go check out my
1: gram. So <laughs> the know. Dragon Lady, the Gong. Yeah. Both. Okay.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, there, there were definitely some, uh, some problems with the gaps on the dragon lady. Uh, it was an interesting process. So like, for those of you who haven't assembled her, um, basically she has got like a, uh, like a mid chest cut. Right. And so the top half of Mm -hmm. her holding the lantern is one piece. Her legs are another piece. The two pools of the dress fabric are two more pieces and then the arm um, is uh, with the peg is yet another piece that sort of snaps into a peg on her hip and then there's a shoulder mount. So um, none of those fit particularly well together. Uh, I did some gap filling, filling with super glue and I'll probably go back and do another pass with some like actual gap filling compound um, when I go get it from the hobby store, because I am out. But that is, that is the thing. What about you, Adam?
1: I built some guys, too. <laughs> uh,
2: <laughs> Don't so. sound so excited. <laughs> All right.
1: So up top, uh, I went ahead and made a Tank Hunter Dingo, and I moved the uh, the light field gun underneath the arm, and using some plastic card, gave it the same mounting bracket that the heavy rotary cannon has, so oh, kind of sure. matches.
2: So is that is that a light field gun? On That's what it's supposed to be?
1: Yeah, it's a light field gun on a 10-point airdrop model. Jesus north oh, is awesome that's oh, yeah. um, <laughs> oh, the worst and then uh, so next to it um, I I want jackrabbits in my northern army the jackrabbit recon mm-hmm. but I won't use them because they're dirty southern models and I have 12 of these wallaby so I figured I can convert six of them into wallaby recons oh, sure. and just use them as jackrabbit recons so I used uh, plastic card and little bits of wire to make uh, radios with antennas on the backs of six of them.
2: Oh, that's cute. Which
1: that radio is about a millimeter wide and t- two millimeters across. So it was kind of a pain in the ass to make. And then in the bottom picture, I had some Elan that I was using for my black talons, but I'd like to use my Elan in my South. Uh, so I have these models that I originally got to be a for black talons, but they were too long. There were six wheelers. So I actually managed to chop off the back, um, like two two slices to remove like the rear the rear tail lights basically oh sure uh, and then to the body section to where the uh, the sixth wheel um, the sixth wheel goes on and shorten the whole body so it's about the same length as a uh, as the Elan or antelope and fits on the proper size base so now I've got four Black Talon you know fast recon vehicles then what else did I do is that it
2: uh, you did more stuff.
1: Oh, I built some more things. That's right. Oh my God, what am I even doing? So these are some of my South models. Uh, slowly started building, putting them together. I wasn't going to do South, which meant I was eventually going to do South. Yep. Um, and really what it was is that our, our meta, i.e. John and I, one of us had to do it, and John was not going to do it. So instead he's going to be suckered doing all the aliens, you know, CEF pack, the Caprice, Eden. and I'm sure you'll do Eden. Yep. Um, So I figured I'll take on the South. And looking at the South, they can do some really, really gross shit. And that gross shit revolves around taking lots of very inexpensive units. So they can get stripped-down Jaegers, which is a lot like a stripped-down Hunter, um, except I can also throw a conscript on it to bring it down one more point. So now a Jaeger with light bazooka is cheaper than an infantry squad.
2: Gross. I hate it. (laughs) I hate everything about
1: that. Uh, So... Yeah, I made two of them with light bazookas and two of them with the with the uh, the rifle. or bleh, There we go. Light auto cannon. Words. Light auto cannon, light grenade launcher. So it has basically all the firepower of a full-size gear, a little bit less armor, and like 40% less points. So very happy about that. And then I made some lizard riders because if you get place out, you get guys running Raptors. Why would you not want that?
2: Yeah, and you gave me all the ones you had already done. <laughs>
1: Well, I gave you the ones that I converted to be Sand Riders. Well, I mean, like, this, this is like, this is
2: historically uh, a trend with us. You decide <laughs> you want to do an army, you build it. You decide you don't want to do the army, I buy it from you. Then you decide you do want to do the army, and you get it again. <laughs> it's all just a waiting... It's only
1: happened, like, three times. Is it,
2: three is a trend, sir.
1: <laughs> it's, it's barely a pattern.
2: All right, all right, fine. We'll we'll continue uh, <laughs> massaging your cognitive dissonance. Um there we go all right but it's not just us uh i think uh aaron has been hard at work assembling things as well
3: i i convinced myself to buy white company and then in the middle of assembling white company i convinced myself to buy forco so i've been madly assembling both white company and foreign company because i want to have all the na2 armies apparently and so this is just kind of like, and then I haven't put them away or done anything with them, so I just have a lot of stuff that's just kind of built and filling up my tables. Can I just say your, like, your how cool it table. is
2: as a, a relatively new player? You're just like, NA2 is my vanilla. It's happening. I'm just going to get all of them. The...
3: Thematically, NA2 is the best. They are <sighs> the most fun. They have the most interesting stuff. Everyone should play NA2. I'm not going to. I will. I will be evangelical for
4: Drew's later tonight.
1: This <laughs> you're makes you're in
4: good crazy. company. <laughs> yeah. Right. First of all, she learned her hipster ways from you, John. She wants to play NA2 as a main because of to be a hipster. And second of all, take it. I think you found someone to write your NA2 guide um, oh. for uh, mm. the website.
1: So, there you go. Step one: don't start here. I can. I can start <laughs>
3: with. Uh, you could start with JSA. It's fine to start with JSA and you'll hard for a year. Yes. And then you'll be a really good player and you can easily transition into Druze.
2: <laughs> yeah, that, that is an accurate statement. Um, but to those of you listening, considering starting with JSA, uh, it is absolutely doable. Uh, if you get easily frustrated, uh, maybe maybe don't. Maybe make it out your second army. Uh, start start with Ikari, which is a lot more easy to learn. and has all of the cool toys, more or less. Um, and then you have an easier transition into JSA uh, while retaining a lot of the flavor. Um, so that's what we would recommend as people who have played this game for a while.
3: I would recommend starting with like a real army instead. I, I feel like Ikari is also difficult for different reasons because of the yeah. extreme lack of specialists and the lots of irregular orders. So start with something that's relatively normal. Probably not NA two. Don't start with an NA two. As as cool as they are, you probably shouldn't, unless right. you, you know want to spend hours and hours and hours playing a game that you only lose. I mean, and then why
1: those- is that seen in like all action movies where they're like breaking into the consoles? So they start shooting up the computers as if that helps them right. in some yeah. way accomplish their mission.
2: Yeah, yeah, that. Absolutely true. Um but yeah, how do we get
1: the secure site? I don't know, machine gun the computer pad. That'll the, the keypad, that'll do it. Every <laughs> NA2 army is a
3: different uh action movie archetype. Yes. <laughs> I'd be
1: tyrannical.
2: Yes. Uh, yeah, I mean uh, there there is an excellent uh thematic fa- uh you know, environment to, to drop in. Uh if that's your bag, just, just be aware of what you're getting to. I think is our main point, right? Like if you want to do it, do it. Just Don't walk in thinking that it's going to be the easiest way to get it. Yeah. Very cool. What about you, Melanie?
4: Painting my purple nomads. Purple. Um, I have been working on REMS. I got bored of the moderators. I have painted nine of 12 of them. And the last three have stayed on my desk for about a year now. Not actually, but close to it. Um, so I said, I use this Meteor on and it's weird looking, so paint it. And I came up with this purple and blue monstrosity. Um, I have switched over to REMS for a little while just to get something different and not have to paint a bunch of people, but, uh, I will eventually switch back and finish my moderators. I think the next picture is the picture of my currents. um... <laughs> the legs of the current ram I'm painting. Yeah, but yeah, I uh, purple nomads is what I'm going with.
2: Very cool.
1: I'm a fan of purple armies, so keep. Going. I gotta say
2: though, I just wanted to comment on this. First of all, great, great composition, right? That looks really awesome with all the extra stuff behind and in foreground. Also, the panel lining makes it really pop. Yeah, I love it. Looks really nice.
4: Thank you. Um, Yeah, I can't do edge highlighting right, but I can sure as hell make it look cool. So I'm cool with that. And you you almost hid the unfinished base. (laughs) Yeah, this close. Um, It's, I have been told multiple times now I need to do something with my base, but it's just something I'm not interested in, like... Eventually, I'll come back and redo all of them. So as soon as I finish painting an army, I'll start basing it, is what well, I'm saying
1: now. There's there's a there's a real easy shortcut for this. Mm-hmm. Vallejo makes some textured base paint. So you can just get, there's like a dark gray one that just looks like asphalt. You can just like put that on everything and
4: then you're done. I mean, yeah, that that's probably the right answer. There you go. You should put all just going to throw spears- that out there. Like black like space with little stars in there.
1: There you go. And that's because nomads are from space. That's perfect. <laughs> and they're all going to be standing there walking in space. It's great. Yeah, yeah. I played that table at RCR. <laughs> you could make them swimming in space. That would be... You couldn't. You shouldn't do that. All right. I believe that's all the hobby. That is all the hobby. I like to do games. That's what I like to do. John, did you play any games?
2: I did not because you were out oh. of town <laughs> and I was very busy.
1: So did, I didn't... You, did you not play dungeons? Did you not drag into dungeons?
2: I did. I did. Uh, yes, that is true. I did. I did get a game of D&D and uh, we are playing Princess of the Apocalypse. So no spoilers, please. Uh, we blitzed through a dungeon. Um, it was a good time. I I am, the DM and I have uh, a few years of D&D under our belt, uh, but the two other PCs are brand spanking new, never played D&D ever. Um, So Mm. it's been an interesting experience, sort of like letting them do the thing. I'm intentionally not trying to quarterback anything. I just sort of take my turn, do the thing, and and just like let them explore the combat system, um, sort of like sit in the back, I'm playing an arcane trickster because uh, that's like super straightforward to run it's, you know you you shoot the guy and then you hide for the next turn, so you, you do it again and you, that's that's the that's the thing uh so it makes my turns very quick it lets them it gives them the maximum amount of time. It's been interesting like this is my first time playing in a campaign where uh I'm like the only experienced player, and I say experience in that like the last time I played seriously was in second ed um uh, but like it's still more than zero right um sure so like sure. They, they haven't really I, neither of them has really played like a, a tabletop rpg like ever um so it's it's been interesting just sort of like intentionally taking a back seat uh and then like working with the dm to sort of like help move things along uh like so we do a lot of like whispering we're using roll 20s who do a lot of like whispering and stuff behind the behind the scenes just to keep stuff rolling but it's been it's been fun i've, I've enjoyed it
1: yeah what's your taco?
2: <laughs> that's not a thing anymore. But I do appreciate not, the reference. No. It is not. No.
1: That's how uh, that's how out of date I am. I also didn't know it wasn't a thing.
2: Yeah, it is. It is. It is not a thing anymore. <laughs> it has been a very long. I was. That was. That was. That was last time that was a thing was second ed. Well, so we I, just I, we just both dated ourselves. It's fine.
1: Yep, it's fine. I date me. Um, <laughs> so. i managed to to get no miniature games in but right before the show i don't know if john can whip up the pictures there they are gene kicked my ass at settlers of Catan jr um (laughs) which which is frustrating because it's like i can't tell if you're paying attention and then she goes and then i built another stronghold and then another ship and i'm like what do you yeah i guess that's correct you you do that you win the thing um so yeah, <laughs> had a good time playing with her. There were a couple, there were some highs and lows, and uh, she she made the appropriate faces at the appropriate time, so it was enjoyable. Um, yeah, she her her strategy the first couple times we played was just like she just wants all the gold, so sure. she gets the resources and trades for all the gold, which is kind of a pain in the ass because it means you can't get gold, but that's fine. You don't need gold to win. In this game, she was like yeah she she was like oh if i use the gold i can get these cards these cards have birds on it and i want i like that bird so i'll get all these cards and she kept drawing the cards that let her like instantly build a new ship or build a new stronghold and so yeah she uh she done did well and learned me at settlers of Catan jr which is pretty fun um for for the the two-player version i mean it's like honestly, like the difference between Settlers of Catan and Settlers of Catan Junior is not that big of a difference. Um sure. So yeah, that's that's me dunking on Settlers of Catan. Um, but
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't know if that warrants the air horn soundboard. Uh,
1: I'll, I'll pass this time. <laughs> just the, the, uh, <laughs> that gif. Um, yeah right. But yeah. yeah, no, it was it was good. She is going to be quite the gamer. She actually picked out the game. We have a. A game tower now, and it's like go pick whatever game you want to play tonight, Gene. And she was like this one, and she's also been on like a big pirate kick lately. Um, we have a, a thing that plays like books on tapes for kids, and she just nonstop is listening to um, uh, Treasure Island. <laughs> so just over, gotcha. just over and over again. It's like if the you know, the first fifteen times I was like, this is awesome, you know, like it's a it's a great book, and it's a. Like, it's a good movie and she's watched both the muppet version the regular version and the oh, uh, treasure Planet. oh yes uh,
2: yes also a good yeah movie.
1: And, So yeah, when you, when you, you say here. when
2: you say tower of games is it literally just like a pile of boxes
1: no it's like this like a horizontal bookshelf it has like all these little hidden sh- like kind of invisible shelves that you stack books on and it looks like you just have a, a tall pile of books in your room uh, but they're they're actually this... little shelves Got it. So, yeah, it was it was good. I'm, you know, working with her more board games.
2: We may yeah. have lost Aaron and Melanie here.
4: ruh Oh,
2: no. Oh, there are, it we're back to normal now. That was that was odd. You guys froze for a minute.
4: Yeah, sorry. We're kind of skipping. Oh,
2: there you go. Yeah. It's like Hi. the, 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 days, the again? days of CDs. Yep, we need back. to get some, some anti-skip protection for OBS.
1: Don't drop it man um no no so it was a, it was a good time she's becoming quite the little board gamer I think in this next year I'm hoping that I can start recording segments of her reviewing board games like she's now playing them and formulating her thoughts about what she likes about them mm-hmm. um and I'm like excellent this is all coming, you know, all coming together <laughs>
2: excellent
1: this is how we'll pay for your college you'll probably <laughs> get more hits more hits more likes and more subscribers than John and I but it's fine yes. So,
4: Aaron and Melanie. uh, Other than the tournament, have you got any games in? We have been really excited about playing um, competitive children's scrap or uh, settlers of Catan. Oh, okay. It's been no. uh... (laughs)
3: Um, We we put it. We did a couple practice games. Um, Nice. Our hobby table has been full of somebody building like two new armies at the same time for some reason. Asshole. Yeah, I, I don't know how that happened and why we allow it in our house, but we finally cleared off the table and got a couple practice games in, and um, I got to teach Melanie about what happens when you throw repeaters at an army that actually can hack.
1: Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, so... Wait, um, what, what army, so, so Melanie was playing Bakunin then, I assume. What were yes. you playing, Aaron? Uh I was playing
3: Druze, and uh, I got a triple kill with a Trinity
2: uh, attack.
0: <laughs>
4: Ooh. Yeah. So you, you split burst three ways. Yeah, yeah. and it, all three beat my face to face.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm. It was amazing, and then yeah, it was great. That was a short game. awful. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we actually haven't been playing that much uh, since Rose City Raid. We kind of took a little break, and then but yeah, we crammed in a bunch of practice games this week, and then have really been playing Stardew Valley. So if you uh, oh, there you go. Yeah, if you need us farming, we're good on that one. What are, you,
1: what are you farming in sardew valley eels, <laughs> eels.
4: that's not a joke it's eels, eels and strawberries strangely enough eels and strawberries <laughs> together yeah it's How uh it's
2: dinner and dessert there you go there you go yeah. like
1: like a like a strawberry domburg i don't know if that
2: no no dinner and dessert you don't you don't Dude, you no. have you have the eel first, and then after
3: you've yes. filled up on eel, then you have the strawberries.
0: Yeah,
3: it's simple. You should be able to
1: understand.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's so simple. Gosh. <laughs> oh, yeah. well, excellent. Well, uh, we look forward to uh, in a moment here you regaling us with with war stories from your tournament. But first, it is time for our Mythic Games sponsorship ship ship. And since you two are here and cannot win, um, you'll pick the word. So basically how this goes is every week we pick one of our lucky listeners to win ten dollars in credit to Mythic Games. Thanks to Ruben. Yay! His website's over at MoE-games.com. He's got deals, do the thing, and he also has you know all the pre-orders I believe are currently up for next month, too. So without further ado, Aaron and Melanie yeah it's yeah. fiddler we're gonna go fiddler fiddler got it there yeah. we are fiddler on the roof fiddler in the chat type the word fiddler and I can't oh man I almost had a rhyme I was gonna get one I give up I'm <laughs> not good at that like but Lauren and Gene Gene will make up songs all day long especially if the word poop is involved
4: um <laughs> Aaron's the same way <laughs> excellent
3: <laughs> You do not sing about
4: poop. She doesn't <laughs> sing about poop. Oh, okay. <laughs> she does sing about things.
1: Right. Excellent. Well, John, it is time go ahead and hit that button. do hit the button. Boop. She's hey! hey. Fox, congratulations! Hey,
2: congrats.
1: congrats! Oh my goodness. Well, thank you all very much for listening. Uh, and of course, thank you Mythic Games for your ongoing and wonderful sponsorship. And thank you Ruben. For dragging your ass all the way up to the road city raid. Alright. It is now time. I have a button for that. Aha. Without further delay, it's time for the main event. Let's talk about your tournament.
3: We yeah, went down to visit Ruben at his store for a tournament. Oh
1: awesome! And we're so where's hi. His...
4: Are we lose it again?
1: Maybe. Oh. Perhaps.
4: Yeah. <laughs> there you are. We're not sure what's going on with our internet, but uh yeah. Anyways, like Aaron said, yeah. We went down to Rubens
3: for a tournament, and it's possibly the first tournament of ITS 13. So
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Certainly one of the first, if not the first.
1: Yeah. Uh, definitely, yeah. Well, yeah. so let's see here. We've got some wonderful tables here. Ruben. I know after chatting with him after the Rose City Raid, I maybe the first couple years um, didn't like the terrain, and I feel like this year he has come around and embraced the terrain and terrain zones. How were the uh, how were the tables there? Um,
3: they were. I, they were a lot more straightforward than Rose City Raid. <laughs> I yeah, it
2: was
3: it was kind of weird playing on like normal tables again. Um. <laughs>
2: You mean, you mean yeah, there were, like, abnormal tables? I mean, keep in mind that uh, the Roast City Rated tables are, are all ahead of Adam, mind and fans, basically. I think they're only... They should all,
3: all tables should be like those tables they make for much more interesting games.
4: These um, I've yeah. been converted. Wow. We're going to have a talk after the show. Excellent. Um, good. <laughs> and the, the tables good. were really good. It, it, there was a bunch of different types. There were some that were kind of close quarters uh smaller and that the one that you're showing right now is particularly open and Mm -hmm. actually had to be changed after the picture because parts of it were too open um but it was really good there was uh six or seven eight tables there was quite a few yeah Yeah, i want to give a shout out to there's a
3: yeah i want to give a shout out to there's a table that is very that has a lot of very white buildings (laughs) <laughs> um, and it turns out this table is actually just, like, mostly recycling stuff, which it looks yeah. good, but it's mostly made of, like, Brita water fil- filters and, like, old iPhone boxes and stuff, and, like, not that one. Keep going. That you, can, one. You, can see, yeah. you can see the iPhone. Yeah, and
2: iPhone oh,
3: yeah. Right I there. thought that was pretty cool, and if you want free terrain, just take stuff you aren't using that's sturdy and maybe paint it and then throw it on a table and it'll look good. My. Oh, wow.
4: Pieces of those table are the uh, deodorant tube tops, which are those Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, which, mm-hmm.
3: like, they look very sci-fi from a distance, which is kind of what you're going for, and yeah. Those I, kind
0: of
1: diamond plate boxes are from Daiso. Yeah. That? So they're from the, the dollar store.
3: Yeah, so basically, um, if you want cheap terrain, you could easily do it with just all of the extra plastic you have. That's and. Awesome. It, you can if you paint it, it will make it look like a great table, and if you don't paint it, it will be a sci-fi dystopia run by Apple. So, which yep. not which is
2: still a great table, I think. Oh, that's that's Ruben's yeah. travel set because it's it's indestructible. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, I I do like that you found a use for the uh, ITS card box because like I don't think I've ever <laughs> actually seen anybody roll up to a tournament and use it for the cards, but it makes for a I great bit of blocking terrain. And I think that's like a toothbrush holder like this this thing here at least I don't know, right awesome, next to the deodorant maybe. thing that's cool
3: yeah i i am legitimately impressed because it looks good and also is just a bunch of like it was zero dollars basically i assume or you know zero dollars after you use the thing that it was already part of so
2: yep. yeah there's, great. there's the actual iphone box too. <laughs> like legit, <laughs> I... legit iphone box that's great
1: I will say, if I have one piece of constructive criticism that should be updated to like iPhone like, 183. Oh, yeah. sure.
0: Yeah, right. There you it go. It needs to
1: be like
3: the iPhone XX20X or something. Something just. Yeah,
2: just like just, they yes. just went straight down to the Roman numerals, right?
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> MXXV3. It's got to have like an just L in like there the and Xbox. an N
2: yeah yeah.
3: xbox label it the iphone one and just keep calling (laughs) it the iphone one
1: yeah right (laughs) we'll never do another one after this right
3: right they just keep calling it the iphone one every iphone from now on is the iphone one
1: it could be the iphone one third edition right
0: yeah
1: Yeah. iphone one (laughs) x
4: so what uh what missions were y'all playing We three mission tournament for sixteen players. uh, Power pack, supplies, and looting and sabotage Mm -hmm. in that order.
1: Ooh, looting and sabotaging—that's a—that's a a rough one to end on. That's a great one though. Yeah, good, good brain burner. Uh,
3: We both have stories about that when we get there. It was. um, Oh goodness! It did not go the way that anybody might have expected. I think. Okay. So we'll get there. that's that's you know it was very much a game three kind of game
1: <laughs> all right so uh melanie why don't you tell us a little bit about your first
4: round sure Um uh, there are pictures first or what do you want to do
0: oh,
2: yeah, actually, oh, yeah
0: lists okay. that's story.
4: Right. all right that's why we keep you keep john around
2: all right well it looks like i've got uh, aaron's drew's list up first
0: yeah, um,
3: I think we should start with the other one because that's sure. the uh, more serious one. Yeah, we can. We can um, do that. So I wanted to try out all of the ITS season thirteen stuff. So I was originally going to take all of the booty rolls in Drews, but then when I tried that against Melanie, it was kind of a hassle. So I just I cut it down to just two of the motorized bounty hunters. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my second group is Armand as a uh, as a wonderful ARO piece. And also an MSV Sniper, just all around great. A Hunza Cut that can just be places and touch things. And then two of the Bounty Hunters and a uh, Fugazi Drone Bot. So that has some orders. And then Group 1 is um, all of the cool stuff in Drews that I like taking. Um, We've got Arslan. He's not normally taken, but he's two wounds. He's a good lieutenant choice because he's survivable. He's got MSV1, does all the cool stuff. Wolfgang, also two wounds, because that's a kind of thing that Druze has a problem with, I think. Sure. Uh, also a good gun, also amazing CC. A uh, Druze killer hacker and a Druze hacker. Druze are great hackers. Everyone should play Druze for their hacking and also everything else. <laughs>
0: um,
3: the Druze grenade, grenade launcher slash EM um, grenade launcher. Because... You know, spec firing grenades on a nine is amazing and will make your opponent upset and then divert all of their attention to trying to kill the grenade launcher. Yes. Um, The what's the next thing? Um, Brawler brawler doctor. doctor, Yeah, because, uh, you know, I want a doctor to get people back up because, again, we don't have a lot of wounds the msv2 sniper brawler because it's an msv2 sniper it's good when it's linked it's got msv2 unlike anyone else in the army and then a clipper because uh the mistbot because it can wild card um and i've got a hacker i've got pictures so i can blow stuff up if i need to so it kind of List one is completely shuffleable. Anyone can link with anyone. There's eight units there. It can be a core and a Harris. It can be two Harris. It can be a three-unit core, a three-unit three Harris, and a duo if it wants. It can do all kinds of stuff. Super modular, um, can take anything, has a million ways to shoot you, um, including several where you don't get to shoot back. It's just all around good. It's good stuff. And then group two has uh, bikes, which are the best
1: and we will talk about how good they are. I like how you answered the age-old debate between R-Slam and Wolfgang by having both. Yeah, why why (laughs) wouldn't you take both? They're both good.
2: Yeah, I also noticed you don't have a a high-burst weapon uh, anywhere, which I am a fan of. So
3: I didn't entirely need one
1: because... How dare you. And you have Armand. Yeah, that's such a rad list.
3: It really is. Yeah, I don't have a high-burst long-range weapon, but I do have high-burst close-range weapons. I've got snipers for long, long long-range. We've got pitchers plus missiles. We've got uh, the spec fire. It can kind of... I'm not too worried about getting into a straight-up gunfight because I have lots and lots and lots of ways to not worry about that.
2: Sure, yeah. I mean, that's definitely not a criticism. That's me being like, yeah, I'm on board. Uh, I guess... (laughs) Okay, cool. Question: Question about the the second uh, second group. I guess the the orders there are to power Armand and Hunzikat? or well, I guess also the bikers running around.
3: Um, it's kind of whatever needs the powering. So gotcha. if there's a lot of uh, mimetism stuff, you can use Armand to shoot stuff. Um, mm-hmm. If not, the Hunzike can be pushing buttons in the middle. If not, you know, if one of your bikers rolls up an HMG, then you have orders to power an HMG. Um, it's kind of whatever you need i yeah i didn't um yeah it's kind of just like what do i need to use this what tool do i need this turn to do a thing
2: there you go and you know
3: you have a tool you've got some orders to power it yeah works pretty well
2: did anybody strip two orders from group two
3: nobody did and
1: yeah that was fine
2: you you've so anybody playing this list should do that thing. Just, just a heads up.
1: Yeah, I was like, that's the, that's what I would take it away from like zero orders for Lemieux.
3: Yeah, right. But he's still so dangerous yes. in ARO. Yes, as he is. Oh, it. We talked about my first and second games.
2: <laughs> All right, so that's that's yeah. list one, and then list yeah. two.
3: List two. Um, I wanted to take Fiddler, and mm-hmm. I thought, well, if I'm taking Fiddler, I should have things to repair. And so I put in both of the tags in Drew's. Excellent.
0: So I have
3: an HMG Anaconda, and I also have the AP Spitfire uh, Scarface. And then I just filled out the rest of the list with good stuff, like Drew's Hackers. Um, I had to stick a lieutenant in there who didn't really care about. A doctor to bring back up the engineers if they went down. Missile bot in case I needed... Because I realized I didn't have any MSV or anything, so... You can shoot pictures, and then you can
2: bomb people if you want. Yeah, right. It's like, um, why why worry about shooting directly when I can rain missiles from this guy? Yeah.
3: Yep. And, yeah, they can, and, you know, the killer, the Druze Killer Hacker is such an amazing profile. It is such a good troop. Mm-hmm. I, I love it. And also the model is one of the best models of the game. So, yeah, really good stuff. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed both of these lists very much. And I haven't played a ton of Druze, and this was a, like, Druze is surprisingly easy to
1: build for and is really fun, and
3: everyone should play Druze. <laughs> I uh,
1: I actually really appreciated the amount of bounty hunters you have in that first list. But like, I really like authorized bounty hunters in general and and motorized bounty hunters. Um, yeah, it just started to make me think of Bubba Sparks for some reason
3: the the motorized bounty hunters i'll talk more about later but i think they are incredibly strong and i think the red fury version is incredibly good especially in drew's who doesn't have that mobility sure. the paying half a swick and 15 points for a red fury that goes eight six with mimetism and all this other stuff is just it's
1: it's amazing it's a great profile would you would you say the booty 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 is rocking everywhere
3: uh it depends on what you roll
1: Sometimes you roll the HMG and then definitely. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go back and screen cap that face the Melanie made in the spot <laughs> and make that into a, an emoji on the, the floor, on the uh, Discord or something. Right. It was perfect. It was, it, like finally I managed to get you back with some sort of horrible <laughs> I swear.
4: Well excellent. Uh, let's see your list then, Melanie. <laughs> Um, I had two lists, uh, kind of geared towards different things. This first one is the one I wanted to use for power pack. Um, it has my old standby of a moderator core with a cyclone for pitchers in the box. I really like that combo. And when, uh, John was talking about the, um bromad academy mission i'm like oh i could like break a cyclone out of a (laughs) moderator link and that could be my whole uh bromad thing anyways um beyond that i had a zero hacker i wanted to i usually pick a reverend custodian but i wanted to save some points and make sure sure i could squeeze in the meteors on that was in group two Mm -hmm, Mm -hmm. um the meteors on for power pack just seemed like kind of a no-brainer being able to walk on at with parachutists with the split deployment zone uh, worked out really well which we'll kind of get to but um just having that a parachutist in the list was something i felt like i needed so i wanted to make sure i had room for the meteors on um also were, were in group people one, surprised
2: by that i mean I, f- I i feel like a lot of people don't remember that bakunin has one
4: um it exists yeah it my opponent wasn't ready for it, okay. so I'm not sure if he didn't know Bakunin didn't have one or just wasn't thinking about it. But sure. it, it it ended up working really well.
0: Gotcha.
4: Um, I want I always want at least two hackers, so that's Zoe and the Zero. Mm-hmm. Uh, Prowlers are too good not to take at least one. So Spitfire in the first group for a little bit of firepower. Second group, boarding shotgun just to have something to watch my t- uh, console um goes on to rain missiles because if i have all the pitchers might as well connect yeah. them with something yeah and then chimera and morlocks to throw smoke everywhere and rough people up if they get in close combat there
1: you go i really like this bakunin list yeah, um, it's fun.
4: Has, has a
1: lot of the really cool tools the cyclone uh, thank you for taking a cyclone i feel like since the Vostok has come out everybody has forgot that the cyclone exists, but the cyclone,
4: it li- A linked fear is no joke. Yeah. It's really it, it works out. Yeah. If nothing else, it forces them. It either is going to get some hit- hits in that are going to hurt or it forces them to work around it, which yep. either way you can't complain. And it also throws out pitchers with
3: an x visor, which yeah. have ruined my entire life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: you
2: yeah know, I've, Link I've, I've played like five games of the cyclone now. Where I've used this picture in a link and I've whiffed all 10 shots.
3: <laughs> See, it's, Melanie is taking all of your luck because she never misses with things. Yeah, and that, that must
4: be ruin it. My day. That yeah. is what I've been doing. Thank you, John. You're, you're welcome. <laughs> I land, landing on a 15 in a link. Right? Like, it's like 16,
1: and 18, like, 32 inches. So.
2: Yeah.
0: You can shoot
1: it across the board. So and then, yeah, Double Prowlers is a really ugly surprise so you actually are you're holding three models off the table mm-hmm. right? yes and you've got is it just the one camo marker with the zero yeah yeah right? so they don't know what four of your of your models are of 12 or 13 those no, are 15 it, 15?
4: it is yeah usually I yeah. 15 just yeah.
1: the orders but still so they don't know what a good chunk of your army is and double prowler is like people i, I find when you have hidden to play models people don't expect the second one like, yeah. like they did they don't expect the first one, and then they really don't expect the second one.
2: Especially in Bakunin, right? Because I mean if you're in Toha, yeah. everybody knows that Clipsos are cheap. You're like, all right, if there's one, there might be two. But in Bakunin, you're just like, what?
1: Yeah, no, it's 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 interesting because it does, yeah, like you said, it, it kind of makes them play a little bit trickier than people even expect Bakunin to.
2: I'm still I'm still bummed that the boarding shotgun prowler lost grenades, but
1: oh well. <laughs> Boo. Yeah. Did they pick up decharges? Did they have decharges before?
2: Uh I don't recall. Uh the Spitfire one had decharges. Oh. But I'm not sure about the old the old uh boarding shotgun one. It had grenades exactly. though, and that was that was pretty pretty clutch.
4: But anyway. Yeah. Let's see. We got to the second list. Yeah. Honestly, I don't like my second list as much and kind of put it together at the last second. Um, But it has the same core, Mm -hmm. Cyclone with the moderators. Um, Same thought using the pitchers to get out uh, a bunch of repeaters for the missile bot to wreak havoc. Um, Still has double Prowler. Mm -hmm. Same reasons, except I had an extra extra few points, so I took a killer hacker as the second Prowler. Sure. Figured that would be a nasty little surprise and give me a little more hacking superiority. Um the zero switch groups. I took my custodia rather than the zero hacker. Right. Um transductor zond for just to fill in some points. Uh, really this list and the extra zon bot too. I this list had nothing. This list is a modification of one of my Rose City Raid lists without uh, without the uh spec ops and without anything is exciting so i kind of the the idea of it was to get out a bunch of pitchers and missile launch at things and use the zero and prowlers to grab objectives in the center of the board sure it didn't work out this time um mostly because of my own fault but uh but yeah i i wasn't super enthused about it and kind of put it together at the last second which is why it's called looting supplies got it i mean um, this this of something... list is it feels like
2: uh if you know you're going up against an army with a lot of MSV or the stereotypical choice for that, you take this for white noise at the custodian. So, I mean, that's, right. that's mm-hmm. absolutely a, a reasonable thing to do. Right. So, uh, these are, these are very similar lists. One is something you're trying. The other one is kind of like, well, I, if I have a particularly bad matchup, uh, I can, I can take this. That's, that's a, that's a cool distinction. Right. So a lot of people will divide by divide by, um, Mission or some people divide by terrain, other people divide by matchup and this seems like more of a matchup cut for a list design. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah I, I don't dislike the list. I actually really like the Reverend Cassidy. I don't know if you've ever used them for more than just hacking, but they're terrifying at shooting too.
4: I I don't know. I I I have been I think of combi rifles as weak and I know that's not totally correct, but it's hard for me to want something with a combi rifle to be a shooting piece. Right. So
2: I also... would agree with you if your shooting task is to <laughs> clean out things near your deployment zone. Right. So she's a she's an excellent hunter of things like speculos. Right? Mm-hmm. So as long as you stay out of range of the speculos, like if you if you're concerned that it might have a shotgun, right, you can discover with a with a with a um the Morlock or something, uh, to 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 dare it to reveal, and then once it's there, you're pretty safe at clearing out some sort of, combi rifle armed infiltrator or like a, a combi rifle drop troop. So, it's not going to push through into the midfield. Although you could, you, you know, in a pinch, you could absolutely do that. Um, yeah, not not a not a tier one gunfighting unit, but absolutely a surprising, um, like, thing to have in your back pocket, I guess.
4: It also works really well as bait, which yeah. mm-hmm. came into play in game two.
2: Yeah, because uh, yeah, think... uh, people will think that. Uh, the, well, I mean, I guess if you announce your your target whip, right, they'll they'll know that it's the moderator.
3: Right. People don't remember though, sure. including me and also Melanie's opponents. So. Yeah.
2: <laughs> there you go. There you go.
1: Well, very cool lists. Yeah. Yeah, I like them both. The Double Prowler in both lists, just to me, is just mean. I really like it. I'm going to start stealing that idea next time I get back to playing my Bakunin. You should.
3: An <laughs> earlier iteration of this list had Triple Prowler, and I think you should go and do that. Because...
4: Yeah, I, I almost did Triple Prowler and then I decided I wanted a little more utility elsewhere, and now I kind of wish I would have taken the Triple Prowler.
1: <laughs> that... That's awesome. <all. laughs> you should absolutely do that.
4: I'm 100% on board. I, Adam, if you do want to get back into Bakunin, and I know a guide that you can use. Oh, okay,
1: good. I was hoping I was I, somebody would write up something so that I could maybe win a game with them.
0: Yeah.
1: I'll check it out. Where can I find it again? Infinity the
3: Academy. You know? <laughs> it's under articles. There's currently no other articles there.
1: It's, it's easy to find oh man okay so we have we have talked about the the maps a little bit we've gone over your lists now we can hear about the games so round one i've totally forgot which mission was that
3: power pack
1: power pack
3: um i will go first because my game doesn't have a lot to talk about um i played a very 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 new player who had played i think two games prior to this okay and I have a picture of the board. Wait, there's a there's a picture with a little Lemieux photoshopped on.
2: Oh, I see so what you did. have you that one. Uh, so <laughs> that's okay. One one minute. I will have to do it. But you do I it have thing. to do it uh, a slightly different way.
1: The easy way.
3: Well, anyway, um, so very new player. Uh, Yeah, yeah. So uh, Lemieux sat on that rooftop and uh, killed everything in ARO.
0: Good lord. Because
3: my opponent uh, kind of charged in, and I had, like, a perfect ARO spot for Lemieux. And there's not really much else to say about that game, because new player, I hope, learned that you should not charge an ARO piece that, like, unless you really know how to dismantle it. And, you know,
1: there's... Yeah, Lemieux was one of those pieces when it came out. When when I basically when I started playing Infinity with uh, Obi and our friend Peter, um, Peter with the Steel Phalanx, Obi with uh, Toha, then me with like us Ariadna, Here we go. Um, and I like Lemieux was my bane sure. for a very very long time. Um, it's one of those pieces that as a new player, uh, like as a as a new player, both command playing with it and a new player going against it right that was open my experience we're basically equally experienced um is the new player using it you're like lol this is great i don't have to do anything (laughs) i just put this thing out here and i win games um but as a new player going against it it is absolutely oppressive um and it, it was lemieux that basically taught me where it's like okay i need to start doing coordinated orders and just letting something die when he was going to murder someone, but three other people are going to get unopposed shots back at him and hopefully hit him. Um, Yeah, yeah, it it can be, you know, just like TR bots. It's a TR bot in a similar vein, right? Where instead of rolling a bunch of dice, it's inflicting that large modifier. Um, And yeah, now the MSV one shoots through smoke, though. He's even more of a jerk. Yes, indeed. It's it's just, yeah, he is just
3: horrible and oppressive, I think is the right word. And, you know, he will punish people who do not know how to deal with it so uh lemieux 10 out of 10 would take a guess.
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> no right so i have a question about how uh the scoring went for you um how much were the consoles because i mean I, i'm assuming you flipped the the antennas right that got you the win um did um, you did you go yeah, after so, the console
3: yeah so this was one that had a free uh motorized bounty hunter
0: mm-hmm.
2: right
3: um so i drove it across the board on my turn because it is really fast and had a red fury and so it could just move around and shoot things and get places and i just drove over to the other console on turn one and sat there um yeah that's like
2: really open though right i guess because if if the if the near side of this table was your side right the far side just like looking at that looks really open to me
3: yes however lemieux had shot everyone (laughs) everyone was dead there
2: fair I, it's like it's open there's, there's no one here boss it's it's a ghost town
3: i drove i drove the uh the bike over sure. so basically the the picture we're looking at the i was on the side of the board that we are it's our side of the board here right 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 the left side of the board was completely dead i think maybe literally like there was nothing left on it for my opponent Good, the right you. side of the board where we're uh, his few pieces left were, but you'll see Lemieux could like look down basically that one sight line,
0: which uh-huh. was really
2: bad. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I straight from the corner the bike... of the building to the corner of the table, uh-huh. effectively.
3: So I drove the bike over and just put it in suppressive fire. Sure. In cover with mimetism, and it's just
1: yeah. Yeah. Anything I... poking I... around to, to get to say... at it would have a
2: rough time. Yeah.
3: Someone in chat is saying beat up the noob, and I do I do feel kind of bad, but like. Yeah, it, it's a tournament. Yeah.
2: I mean it. It happens, <laughs> right? Like,
3: yeah, and yeah, but I yeah. Hopefully there are lessons to take away from it for them, and
2: yeah. Did you get a chance to talk about the the game with them afterwards?
3: Yeah, a little bit, but um, a a little bit. Um, you know the I think the biggest thing is just you know if somebody has a big ARO piece out you. A lesson you really need, like everyone learns pretty early on in Infinity, is just don't run stuff at it. It's not yeah. going to work yeah. the way you want it to. You need either the specialized tool that can take that out, um, yeah, or you need to
1: not. You need to ignore it, and yeah. It so a, uh, yeah, it's it's a it, highly educational time. Um, did you roll? Did you roll anything memorable with your uh, bounty hunter biker? not in this game Got
0: um
1: you went, took the free you second
3: me. i Where'd went second okay. deployed second um i rolled up I maybe grenades or something nothing okay. memorable um sure. something i realized from playing you know eight games now with the bounty hunters is that most of the time you're going to roll up trash it's not yeah most so two things most of the time you're going to roll up trash and the sure. second part is because you're going to roll up trash most of the time and you can't count on something good you've probably already like factored in that this and I'm probably going to use this piece mostly for this thing so the the booty rolls are typically just kind of like icing on the cake they're not something you're taking it for hoping to get sure. something amazing out of it mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes you roll up the HMG and then it's very, very, very
1: good. Excellent. That's well, a thing. How did your game go then, Melanie?
4: Um, yeah. So this was from, this is, uh, the map I played on for my, and we're looking at my side of the deployment zone. Um, I won the role and chose to go second, which meant I was deploying first, um, It's kind of hard to tell in this picture because nothing is really painted and it's zoomed out. But uh, basically, that little thing in the center is my HVT at the very bottom center. And uh, Mm I had a missile bot watching it at the far bottom right. Uh, That's my motorized bounty hunter in the bottom right. Zoe's tucked into a corner. The things to really kind of note are the red X and the blue squiggle is mm-hmm. where i um oh your prowlers? where i hid my prowlers Got it. yeah so the blue one was the spitfire um it's not quite as far up as that it, it was right on basically right on the midline and the red one had a boarding shotgun looking at the console Very that wasn't the on mm-hmm. my side um the split deployment zones in power pack really make infiltrators strong
0: mm-hmm. um
4: yep. And Parachutist as well, especially because the objective you need to get to is in the center of it.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: So that worked out really well in my advantage, having a bunch of Infiltrators, and <laughs> basically. Um, my opponent was playing Starco and oh. uh, played the main, the main thrust of his army was a core link with Emily... Uhahu, two riot girls, and Avicenna. Okay. So the goal was charge forward with the Spitfire Riot Girl and Uhahu doing the hack backup hacking, basically.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, okay,
4: yeah. I I learned the hard way that you can't shoot missiles into a sealed building. Uh, so Uhahu yep. lived throughout the game, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But um it kind of came down to a mad scramble at the end for him to try and get points because he didn't really pay attention to the console. And so, at the end of turn, I went second. So at the end of the right. first round, I just walked my meteors on onto the board and up to the console to score a point because oh, there wasn't the anything enemy.
2: watching his back table edge.
4: There was two aguaciles, but uh-huh. they basically I took a shot from each of them. I dodged a shot from each of them and didn't have to worry about them they were positioned in a way that each one only got one shot on the way so it could have gone completely wrong it yeah. just happened to go well
2: got it um, so so you brought it on in complete safety your first move was a dodge like a move dodge in the, yeah
4: and then, and you, then were, a dodge, you were the dodge yeah off,
2: off to the races got and you. then i was
4: in yep um second turn I captured stuff with my zero in the middle. My zero hacker tagged one of the consoles and I decided to um by that point the Spitfire Riot Girl had decided to reroute and take down my meteors on because it was holding the console Where 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 did the,
2: where did the his core link start?
4: Um his core link was in that building in the very top left and moved through the building at the mid left. The
2: very top so, oh, oh, behind that like bubbly Star Wars E building with the dice. Yeah. Got it. Okay.
4: Yeah. Um, So by the second turn, my prowler with the Spitfire jumped out where the blue squiggle is Uh and shot one of the riot girls in the back and kind of dealt some damage there. Uh Um, But really what, because he had to redirect to take care of my meteors on, it left the other side of the board basically open. Um, Mm -hmm. and I Mm -hmm. ran up the motorized bounty hunter to try and, uh, tag more shit because it's a specialist tag, the center one. Mm Um, I ended up deciding to, he had Raul over there with drop bears. And so I decided to use the motorized bounty hunter to just take the mine basically, because it was free points and I had other specialists right there. Yep. So I'm like... Either this will work for me and I can get tag it or I can clear it out and let my other specialist do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it ended up, my motorized bounty hunter died. My zero still tagged the console in the middle and then walked over to the the console you have to be in base contact with and sat there at the end of turn two. Oh, I see. So, so, I, so, so point, your meteor
2: happened. died to the riot girl at the top of two and then you, you fixed right. it with the zero. Got it.
4: Okay. Yep. Yep. And then, um, turn three, a Hellcat dropped in next to my HVT, but, uh, And didn't get immediately pasted by the Vertigo? Uh, dropped on the other side of the, uh, the little little wall thing. So you can't, yeah. yeah, So it couldn't get shot, but my prowler just instantly popped out and splattered it with a boarding shotgun.
2: Oh, from that Um, range.
4: Yeah. One move. And then oh, 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 on your active
2: turn. Got it. Got it.
4: On my active turn smart yeah yep um then the final turn my zero had been cleared out because basically the top of the turn my zero got cleared out because it was in base contact so i ran my chimera across the board and uh hugged all the puppies dodging up against the console that's Uh, so mean (laughs) and after the after the um the hellcat had died which was going for my console i put my prowler up against it and so when by the time he moved his riot girls into base contact with my console my prowler was in uh, was camoed and was holding the console down so he couldn't get the points for it
2: uh, are you allowed to do that? oh no
4: that's a lie was camoed on his turn and then revealed on my turn and that's got all it. i did with exactly. it got it got it got it got it yeah very cool I
1: mean you
2: are
4: right you can't do the marker state for the yeah
2: I'm, I'm i i have yet to play uh i mean i haven't played uh i've played one game of its 13 now um which i'm publishing on thursday so keep an eye out for that um but i haven't played power pack yet and i think power pack as we discussed last episode is significantly different than it used to be so i'm really liking how uh it's it's changed, and because before you know in ICS twelve you didn't have to give a shit about the consoles at all. It was all the antennas. Um, and now right. to see both of you basically just like shove stuff consistently on each turn, often at great order cost, yeah. right? You had to get the, the the uber fall all the way across the table. You had to get the zero from the middle of the table to the thing after pushing some buttons. And at the beginning, you threw a meteors on potentially under the bus to get it. Um, yep. Yeah. That's cool. I, I like. I like that it's a mad scramble for the console now. I'm excited to try it. It feels. Is... It
4: sounds was... more dynamic. Mm-hmm. What? Honestly, it
1: just sounds a lot more dynamic. The, yeah. The way the mission plays out.
4: I went ahead and like when designing my list for this, figured I would lo- basically lose something each turn to take sure. the console because mm-hmm. it's worth three. Po- it, it would be worth three points then. Right. Um, sure. So it worked out well
2: yeah and and there's enough points available in the mission that if like for some reason it goes south like that meteor is on like eight and aqua seal shot it'd be fine
4: that's cool right then i yeah um things to note the motorized bounty hunter unlike aaron's all it did for me was take a mine which was yeah. okay but and i felt fine with it doing that because it was three points yeah um, sure. and basically let me do something else which is kind of how i thought about it in the first place it's like well i wouldn't have gotten this in my 300 points so i can do whatever the hell i need to with it um mm-hmm. the other thing is the saturation zone in the middle mm-hmm. basically we kept forgetting about it that um, often even happens. We were, yeah we were reminded about it before the game started um like everybody reading off the rules, like everybody remember there's a saturation zone and it we remembered it on so, turn one and by turn three it was Yeah, we had forgotten about it.
1: Yeah, it's actually one of the yeah. things I do like about the the placed terrain, the, the templates
4: sure.
1: like even though you know even though they become a tool for you to use strategically and to, to game the mission, um, which is kind of a downside of them. The upside of them is you remember that there's terrain on the table. Mm-hmm. Right which, yeah, I feel like it happens all the time where you forget about it.
2: Yeah, (laughs) I like I like the dust terrain map on on the building with with your objective cards. That's a throwback.
4: (laughs) Yeah, that was a pool hall in the game. Uh, Avicenna was hiding behind pool tables. Oh, funny.
2: Well, cool. was very uh, cool. What was round two?
1: Um, round
3: two, I played, uh, round two was supplies, and I played this table from the opposite side, oh. um, against the French. There were a lot of, like,
1: weird armies there, yeah. um. So, yeah, between, like, so far, you're, like, Starco, Merovingia, you know, the usual things you run into a tournament. Yeah, Starco, yeah. Druze, Merovingia, all the, yeah.
0: Um.
1: Like Pretty rare. Yeah, lots of weird, yeah. Yeah. God, but, I wish somebody would play something different.
3: um this was a this was a really fun game and a really close game and also a game where um against the french i failed every single discover roll.
2: that makes Um, the french player
0: very happy
3: i made multiple so i took that that one list that had you know three sources of msv in it and uh had just Lots of good stuff to deal with stuff and couldn't discover anyone. The like I I may have actually made one discover roll now that I think about it, but it was generally just just complete trash for discovering things. Mm. Um, highlights of the game were Lemieux getting into a sniper fight with Nauf, which is uh, who won that? You know the the classic the classic uh, combo. Uh, I, you know, because I actually have, like, heard about Merovingia before in Tales and Legends, <laughs> I did know that there was going to be a dog walking onto my board edge, because sure. I don't mm-hmm. think you're allowed to uh, play Merovingia without that happening.
2: I, I do it uh, frequently. Druze,
3: <laughs> yeah, Druze, it turns out, is really good at dealing with um, a stupid dog because it's they true. have viral
2: pistols. Yep.
1: They have a
3: billion viral pistols everywhere for shooting dogs, um, which is, I guess, why Drews are bad people. <laughs>
1: Also they shoot
3: dogs. Yeah. Um, they shoot dogs and bears, I guess. Um but yeah, this was a pretty close game. Um I had the tools I needed to win, and then I got I think part of it was bad rolls, part of it was I definitely misplayed a few things. Um, you know, because I haven't played a ton of Druze, but it was a good game. Um I did both of my classifieds, and my opponent and I had picked up a box on my third turn. And then my opponent shot the guy and picked up a box to kind of swing it the other way.
2: Oh, I see. So, um, so nobody super... had any boxes until three.
3: Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. Until yeah, there were no no boxes had been touched at the end of two, wow. at the beginning of three. Okay. Um, I had done my classifieds, so it was it was really close. It was because. There was so much stuff watching the center, it was just very difficult for anyone to move and do anything without, sure. you know, yeah. something terrible happening. Um, I did roll up an HMG on my eight-point motorized oh, battle, no. which just completely changes the profile from, you know, a <laughs> little guy that zips around with an SMG and, like, a chain cult to a, a monster that has an HMG that can shoot down, you know, long fire lanes. And yeah. I... I kind of I enjoy getting it, but I don't really enjoy it being on there because it does kind of feel like, you know, the one in twenty time you roll that up, you are going to just have a significantly more powerful army, which doesn't really make a lot of sense to me in like in terms of like a gameplay point of view. Like mm-hmm. sure. the fact that you can you can roll a critical success and now your army is better is weird right. to
0: me. I don't okay, yeah. That's valid.
2: Yeah, I mean, Merovingia isn't. Uh, they they rely very much on positioning to uh, make your life difficult, and if you sort of ignore that by just being like, "I I'm here now, deal with it," they they're very sad. So I can imagine that mm-hmm. being a tough fight for the Merovingia player.
3: It um, most of his stuff deployed camo in the middle, sure. so it was just like. Yeah, there was a lot of me not being able to move forward because I was afraid of flamethrowers and rifles and all that crap. And then
0: mm-hmm.
3: he couldn't move too well because I had all the Druze stuff and, and Armand and all the other good things. So Where,
2: where was Armand here?
3: Uh, so he deployed on top of that, uh, the tan square building. Um, and then he ended up moving up to the front corner of it. The 10s um, on so the becomes, right,
2: like the, the objective room? Yeah, on the thing? right. Okay, with his yes. forward deployment or whatever?
3: Yeah, you could just barely reach the oh, top yeah. of that. Um, Man, the that's rough.
2: Deploy. Right? Like, nobody yeah. thinks about that. Uh, and that's a great example of when you should use the forward deployment. Right? Like, when you, when you can just snag the edge of a building and get the full base on there, that's really rude. Because then that opens up some really nasty fire lanes, like, basically in the same... The same sight line as that tank, right? Just like rolling straight, straight across the yeah, it, yeah.
3: It was a really good spot, and the other side of the table didn't really have anything like that, as far sure. as I can
2: tell. Mm-hmm. So where was, yeah, where was, was Nauf?
3: Was uh, started behind that um, the coppery building in the back on the left. Um, yeah,
1: the a the corners. Uh, The
3: rounded corner rectangular one. Because he did not want to get shot by Armand.
2: Yeah,
1: makes sense. But that's not a... I mean, sure, you don't want to get shot by Armand, but, like, I don't know, from from this angle, it doesn't really look like... If you're on the ground floor right there, you're not leveraging your sniper at all. No. Yes, that's correct. But... The fire
3: lanes in this are actually really weird. If you look at that area that goes, like, basically the the tank line that John was talking about, that runs down almost the entire board.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, Right, so you can see, but that to me makes the argument of finding some way to assault that that line. Yeah, so he he brought his Nauf
3: up via crawling, basically, (laughs) to get him into position. But Nauf could have deployed Prun over there, yeah. Um, I'm not sure exactly, but okay. basically, he didn't want Naf getting murdered turn one, which yeah, was yeah makes sense. Possible. Makes sense.
2: I mean, I, I with Armand on the table, that's that's a pretty iffy proposition. I think deploying behind the sure. copper building is fine because you can swing out towards like I guess like a mini is that a hover tank in the back left or something? So you could yeah, it, something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Hibiscus is saying Naf really wants active turn absolutely, and I think I think you just you engage. You I I don't know what else was in there. um, I mean, that honestly sounds like something the, the, the Merovingia player could have just put a chasseur up there and just flamethrower right. Lemieux, right? Like that that's definitely something you can... Anyway, but but then then you just swing now for round to the left corner between the copper building and the tank, and then you're looking down that diagonal fire lane like we were just talking about, which helps. Um, but that does leave... So I guess- that does leave him very vulnerable to getting assaulted from where that uh, the caterpillar bulldozer thingy is, right? If you swing mm-hmm. by the mm-hmm. the building there, because there looks like and there's stairs you can just climb up and and shoot shoot down at him. So
3: so the the other issue is that because I was playing Druze, I could spec fire grenades onto him. So sure. there's just a lot of paths that I could use to attack. Um, right. Right. So he had to play the nav pretty safely, I think. <clears throat>
2: Interesting. Yeah, the yep. juice grenades are are not super reliable, but you it does it does introduce another spoon loss, right? Like you you, you take one mental spoon away because you have to like figure out when you're in deployment. You don't want to bunch things up, et cetera, et cetera. So definitely something. Yeah, to consider.
3: Yeah, my experience was definitely that the grenades aren't super reliable, but having them is a big threat, and also sure.
0: mm-hmm.
3: having them is just a great. You know, uh, Adam has said many times that Druze is a toolbox army, and having that in your toolbox is really, really good, because mm-hmm. even if you don't use it, you have it, and you can leverage it if you need it, and sometimes it is the right tool for the job.
1: Yeah, so and just threatening there's it. There's always something... Yeah. So like When you're playing Druze, there's always some way you have to throw dice at the enemy and kill something. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And it's, it's really nice. And <laughs> now with bikes, it's even more,
3: because... Now you can get bikes in weird places.
2: Yeah, like the their big are... problem was mobility, and now they don't have that problem anymore.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm pretty stoked on bikes. Like, I just picked up uh, this fella, who's going to be my <laughs> authorized bounty hunter. There you go. Yeah. Oh, so, chasm
3: bag. So I ended up losing this game, but it was close, and it was very fun. So I yeah. don't Sounds totally close. mind that. Um, and I think my opponent was quite experienced, given that he was playing the French. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, it was a good game. It was fun.
2: Cool.
1: Did uh, you you bury the lead here with with did, Was was that relevant?
3: Uh, Duroc got murdered by a viral pistol. Okay. Duroc, I think he killed maybe one thing. He did not trade well. Uh, Duroc shot armand four times in the back and armand made all of his armor
2: saves oh, oh that's heartbreaking
3: <laughs> yeah um but mostly what happened is durak got shot by a viral pistol and didn't really do much else
2: mm-hmm. yeah.
3: so uh durak, not actually scary uh just shoot him with a pistol <laughs> that's
2: the that's yeah, right. takeaway here Right, so those yeah. of you who, who come across more, a Merovingia player,
3: some takeaways
2: in my next game.
3: Yeah, like, like
2: Dirac is a huge pushover. You can just ignore the threat, it's not going to be a problem. That's what we're learning um, here. <laughs> so
3: one thing I did do though to, you know, deal with the Duroc threat is basically in that in the uh, bottom left corner, if you go back to the map oh, really yeah. quick. Um, I put my Flash Pulse bot in that bottom left corner, mm-hmm. so it basically had a sight line across the enti- almost my entire back deployment edge to deal with Margo and Duroc if they showed up over there. So, so he was is first.
2: immune to Flash Pulse.
3: Well, my opponent um, didn't leverage that.
2: Oh, okay. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, Duroc so, is 100% immune to Flash because it's a non-lethal trait, and he's, he's totally um, immune, so he could have totally just come on uh and and like if if he tries to dodge or anything you still get to roll right so if he makes it's whatever you do to him is still a face-to-face even though the arm like the 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 stuff doesn't at least i think that's the case um and then so one one trick that i've often uh i've never actually leveraged but i always keep in my back pocket is you bring Duroc on to be a meat shield literally for Margot. um and so he's just large and imposing and bigger than her. So he can block a line of fire against something pesky, like a flashball spot. And then she can cautious move out of the way uh, and then go on a rampage. Yeah. So,
0: so yeah. yeah. And
3: the other thing is that the flashball spot did keep Margo away, which it was also scary. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. When shot in the back. So what was the, uh, the final score here? Do you remember? Uh, I think it was, what's the score? If the other Patterson has, I think it was four two. Um, because he picked up a box and I think he did one objective. Okay. And then I did both my objectives.
1: Is that so? you was... only got two wins? What was that?
3: You won the first round? I won the first round, lost the second. Oh, I see, I see. Yeah. yeah. No, because uh, the third turn, because he went second, he very narrowly killed my guy who was holding the box and was able to pick one up himself. I see. It was very close, though.
2: How did Sounds how like did it. where where was the was the guy just exposed in a bad spot or something? The, your box carrier?
0: Uh,
3: he brought somebody in with a he brought a um one of those uh, camo guys with a flamethrower. Oh, a and it up. And... I see. Okay, just, so yeah, he just
2: yeah. he just went hunting and used the camo state to be a jerk.
3: Yeah. Got it. The Chester died, but the flamethrower happens to kill my brawler off the map who was holding the box.
2: There you go.
1: Yeah. Like you do.
2: Yep. That is what chassis are mm. for.
1: So Melanie, did you did you seize the supplies?
4: Um so my first game, uh, I went nine one mm-hmm. and like kicked ass. Um the second game I did the opposite of submarining and played <laughs> a great player and completely misplayed basically um the two red dots that you can't really see are where i had my prowlers right next to the loot boxes Yep. Yeah. um and so the goal was at, like first thing i i got first turn so the goal was first thing just grab a loot box and then move back um that was the plan and i got distracted um, so that just didn't happen, basically. I I sent one of them hunting and got distracted and kind of pinned down. The other one just didn't show up because I ran out of orders doing other stuff. Mm. Um, I just misplayed. I didn't play the objective and really should have is um, what, what happened. Um, I had a... There was an impersonator in my, like, right next to my deployment zone... Uh, my opponent didn't know anything about Bakunin, except that the Reverend Custodier was probably my lieutenant, which okay. uh, she she was not. But he threw—he chased an impersonator around trying to get my Reverend Custodier um, and started laying, like, I think it was two different mines, like, trying to trap. So if I moved—I was in Cyber mask. so if I moved I would and did something, I would explode was the goal.
2: Right, right, right. Um,
4: <laughs> but i just didn't do anything um eventually i came out and died from it um Mm. i can't remember why i came out but i eventually killed my reverend custodian and he's like yeah i got your lieutenant and i'm just like well that wasn't my lieutenant
2: and he goes um, was it was it a
4: hawk islam or Chazvasti?" yeah it was hawk got it yeah vanilla hawk okay um and so he said, "I got your lieutenant." And I said, "That was my lieutenant." And he said, "Oh yeah, I guess we'll see at the end of the turn." <laughs> um, <laughs> right. Yeah. <mate. laughs> um, yeah. So the rest of the game just kind of went downhill from there. I, my, um, he ran the biker up. Is the biker one of the Nazarova twins? The mm-hmm. one that people take. I can't remember which is which. Right. So, um, okay. And. Zuleka, there you go. It ended up basically running over Zoe, um, so I lost her. Um, Sure. In the end, I had a paramedic moderator and Pywell as my two specialists to get the boxes. Mm. So I started running, um, but on that wall at the far left side, there was a missile launcher that was just picking my thing, fishbowling me, that was picking my things off. Oh. Oh, I see. So the paramed-
2: I see. So, so uh, uh, on the, I guess the blue or black section up there.
4: Yeah, one God. of those. I can't remember exactly where it was, but it just stared across the middle of the board. So by a the time my launcher. paramedic got up there, I got blown up. Um, missile launcher, rocket launcher, some kind of infantry unit that had a. Um, some kind of infantry unit that has something explosive that yeah. I'm not sure
2: this is not something I see very often in, in Vanilla Hawk, but interesting.
4: Okay. Uh, yeah, so...
2: Oh, I mean, it, it could have been have a been... Dylami. Was it, was it a missile launcher yeah. or a Panzerfaust? It could have been a Panzerfaust. Did it start okay. in camo state? Yes. Aha, so almost certainly a Dylami then.
4: Yeah, okay. There you go. Um, yeah, blew up my paramedic. It ended up with me having, like, I moved everything. I used all of my command tokens that I had left to move everything from group two to group one. Sure. Just to get like six orders to Pywell. Because mm-hmm. I and then I sneaked Pywell up all around the edge and got him to the loot box where he promptly died. Um, oh, so, and that's I rough. had orders left. So yep. Uh, yep. but yeah, I just couldn't I couldn't open the boxes in the end of the game is what happened. Mm-hmm. Um I did get my two classifieds done. So it it ended up being eight to two, okay. Um, but I really just misplayed the beginning is really what got me. Um, it chased all game. Yeah, I I my pro I basically wasted eighty points on prowlers and didn't do anything useful with them.
2: Yeah, um, it's rough when that happens, right? You just you just get the you know you see red. You're like, as oh, an opportunity, I can punish deployment, I, and then it right. doesn't go well.
4: Can't recover. Yeah. There um you can't see it from this angle, but there d- that middle lane that goes vertically up like straight down the middle yeah, of what the board. The Cyclone was dark is watching. Yeah, there was a sniper opposing it with um mimetism and msv. I'm not sure what Probably I don't know the hot neck. units well enough. Sure. Um and I ended up using my chimera to eclipse grenade and get you oh. murder something that was guarding the boxes, but then she got, she murdered two things in close combat and then got killed. How did um, she by die?
2: Oh, she got shot by, by the, the sniper, sniper as you like move through a line yeah. or something. So I, yeah. but, I mean, the, the sniper wasn't, the, the, the cyclone and the sniper couldn't see each other though, right? It looks like there's no fire lane there
4: um i think they could because you can't see it on this board like from this picture but there's a gigantic like can of beans that was behind that black box
2: oh i see so the sniper was elevated so there was a shot over that black box or a paint
4: can or something yeah it was a very tall cylindrical building behind that got it okay yeah yeah i misplayed it um it was fun and my opponent Really didn't understand my list at all and was telling me, like, oh, you just didn't have anything that could do damage. And I'm like, well, I had a Feuerbach, I had two Prowlers, and I had a missile launcher. Like, I could, I could, I had things that could have punched you. I just, I, I didn't. Yeah. It. Yeah. Like, if it, if it doesn't go well, you it know. was there. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, no, you misunderstand. My list is deadly.
2: It's me that's not. Sometimes, sometimes it happens. I've noticed you've done this twice now. You've put your your vertigo facing the back table edge, or we're like facing the other side. Um, is there is there a reason that it's like that and not like more angled to cover the the other part of the table, like the the side of the table?
4: Um, I w- generally want something to watch my back line because I feel like my lieutenant is uh, being a moderator. Lieutenant in the sure. core, it's pretty easy to pick her off. Sure. Um, but also mostly to watch the back line because i don't trust my moderators to get shit done sure um... yeah but just just looking at this from
2: from the opponent perspective like if i walked around your side of the table i'm like okay i come on behind the vertigo kill the vertigo and then work my way down right but if you turn it like so it's at like a 45 degree angle like the the amount of space that you lose in terms of coverage um on the back table edge is fairly minimal because you can still see like 90 percent of it or i guess more accurately probably more like Seventy percent of it, but you can cover that seventy percent by just turning that Morlock around, right? So if so, basically what I'm saying is that yeah. the vertigo faces directly into, I guess, the purple part of that building. It sees the other, mm-hmm. it sees the right, your right table edge and most of your back table edge, and the part that it doesn't see, the Morlock
4: covers. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I do see that. Um... It ended up not mattering other than Zulika sneaking. The, the problem, well, the trick with this board is that there's only about a two-inch gap um, on, on the, that side. That side. Mm-hmm. It's be- that, between that blue wall and the board edge. Oh, sure. Um, so for most of the game, it was locked down by a, <laughs> by a Morlock. Uh, oh, Mor-Lock I see. So, you, the, so that
2: Morlock it's, made it to that. That corner, I guess, by the by the blue wall, and they just sat there.
4: Okay. Yeah, and basically did a stand uh, stare off with Zuleika and the Morlock, not really moving until turn three,
0: mm-hmm.
4: um, or not moving more than they had to to get into those positions, basically. Gotcha. Which is funny now that I say it, because they're both impetuous.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: But uh, but yeah, you are right. I could have covered more of that side of the board. I didn't feel like I had to as much just because there wasn't that. That much over there yeah and i that, mean it's it's, it's a
2: very small i mean obviously the, the you're you're doing the right thing here which is like the back table edge is a concern you should cover it uh it just it's just like a slight optimization um may save you against uh somebody playing very aggressively with airborne deployment
4: um yeah and that was something i didn't have to deal with in this list i did have to deal with the impersonator but the airborne deployment didn't mm-hmm. like just didn't drop anything in there um that right side of the board was Underpopulated the entire time. Yeah, That's it looks a little dead, up... but it does look like there's a huge, yeah. a huge fire lane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where Pywell sneaked through because Zalika ended up doing a suicide run against my Morlock up Z- to kill Zoe. Uh uh-huh. um, Oh, is that is that worked. Zoe
2: right next to the the uh, the Vertigo the there? Thing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I thought I, I I couldn't tell. It looked like it looked like the custodian yeah. to me, but. Um, mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. If you want
4: to snipe, okay, cool. interesting. so eight eight two not in my favor. It was a decent fun enough game. I misplayed and I was okay with it.
2: yeah, I mean so, that that so happens I, to the best of us. I mean, if you look at my like every game I've lost sort of starts like that. I'm just like, all right, I have grand plans. Let's go. And then uh, it's just that grand plans weren't so good, and bad things happened. Yeah. so. I feel you.
1: So the moral of the story is if you spend 80 points on hidden to play models, you use them.
2: Well, no, 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 but, but
4: use, use them. Actually don't.
1: Or use them correctly. Well, use the, yeah, use them
4: on the mission, not on yeah. Uh, yeah. Not chasing yeah. random points. Yeah. yeah. yep. The thing about the second one I felt like is other than having more, and I don't even know if this is a change other than having more classifieds, there wasn't much of a difference between IPS. 12 and 13 in this mission. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no motorized bounty hunter. There's no Antarctic terrain. There's no, no, nothing exciting. It just felt like another mission.
2: Yeah. And I think, mm-hmm. I think, Aaron, you were saying, because like, uh, our one of the big complaints that we've talked about on the show regarding supplies was that it can be very swingy if like somebody gets one box. Right. But that, that still is sort of true here, just less so. And then that also translates over to like a one zero win um in objective points turns into a four-zero win in tournament points, right? Which is a pretty big thing. So we can talk about that later if right. we get to the end, but I just wanted to sort of yeah. see the conversation for later.
3: Uh, I think in supplies it wasn't that bad because I think my opponent got one box. I had zero boxes, but two cla- having more classifieds is actually quite nice, I think. Um it gives you more ways to score points that you know your your opponent can't counter as easily.
2: Um, yeah, because once once so, once they get you, them, you have them. Well, sorry, yeah, once you once yeah. you get them, yeah, you, that, that, you get the idea.
3: So I um, I really appreciate missions having more classifieds now. I think it's interesting and good, and it does kind of level out some of the swinginess, because like in supplies, you know, my opponent got three points for boxes, but I had two points for classified, so it was it was pretty close anyway. Mm
2: -hmm.
3: Um, So I like, that is a change in ITS 13 that I really like is the more classifieds.
2: Well, I would, I would point out and that's not to like, you Uh know, do the gotcha journalism thing, but both 12 Uh and 13 have two classifieds. The key difference is the more supply boxes went from three to one and the, your adversary does not control anything went from two to one. So, uh, I suspect what happened is when at least in the old supplies in season 12 and before, it was always like, well, obviously, the boxes are where the game is at, right? Because there's such a huge bonus to having more and, have, and them having none, right? So you yeah. focus your attention there. So I mean, I... I I never remember that supplies as two classifieds. I certainly didn't in ITS twelve, and I would I would have to look every time sure. and be surprised when I looked at the PDF or comlog. But now now that it's changed, right? Like the fact that you're like, oh yeah, there's now two classifieds in supplies means that even though it's always been two, it means that the supplies are relevant when they were less so before. And I think that's a that's a, a good observation. Yeah.
3: I, yeah, I didn't know that it had two classifieds before, but um, there are several that have two classifieds now that I don't know if they used to. But I do like more classifieds in general. Yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: Frontline went from like one to three, one to four. <laughs> what was that? One to four. One to four.
2: Mm-hmm. Because they uh-huh. they, they yeah. took they took a, they took a point off from all the zones and they turned them into classifieds. That's what they did for Frontline.
1: Right. Yeah
3: um so
1: round three is our comedy round (laughs) oh no okay okay so round three this is this is looting and sabotaging which is everyone's favorite mission Um, um i i actually really like looting and sabotaging when
3: um it's not a comedy round apparently um so this is the round this is the so two things. Um, number one, one of the amazing things about tournaments is by the time I played on this table, it didn't actually look that much like this. There were a lot of pieces that had moved quite a bit. Sure. So uh, the table was somewhat different. Um, okay. So I played versus morats and I brought my double tag list. Mm. And my opponent um, had like a double Raziat list um, and then had some big... Big Morat core, and just nothing went right for anyone.
1: Um, <laughs> no. I was <laughs> like, it's... double, double Raziat and looting and sabotaging should just be like the self high five. I've done it. Congratulations, yeah. me.
3: So he dropped uh, the first Raziat uh, on, and uh-huh. he didn't uh, apparently watch um, this show it's to learn that uh, Scarface is actually really awesome in close combat. So Scarface punched the Raziat in the face and uh yes. that, was, that was the end of that
1: yes <laughs> excellent um i'm gonna close comment if you might tag you're gonna what i'm a razzier yeah
3: i know he's like yeah so i've got you know i've got ma2 and i've got natural born warrior and i've got cc 22 i'm like that's fine i've got cc 22 and i've got cc minus three so i'm just on a 19. yep you know and uh yeah so he got punched <laughs> by a tag and died
2: that's like so that a, was cool. a TikTok the face when <laughs> you get a into base to base with Scarface.
3: <laughs> yeah. Um so that was most of I don't remember he also had some of those uh more I mean the morats who run around and hit stuff. I forget what they're called.
2: Uh <laughs> Yeah,
3: Dotorazi. Mm-hmm. Um they ran around and then I spent my turn shooting them. Um I,
2: had I, just a how that is. I don't know. The, the more, you know, the more that are good at stabbing stuff, I just shot them. <laughs> <laughs> well, You're he, not wrong. he ran
3: multiples of them up to, you know, to smash stuff and grab stuff from boxes and sure. then they got shot. So that was the end of that. Um, I think they weren't supposed to get as shot as they did, but, you know, nothing went right for anyone <laughs> in this game.
1: I say that about all my models. Like, you said that way more than it was supposed to get shot. <laughs>
3: um, my anaconda climbed up on uh, the building, the Mythic Games building, on the uh, on the right there. Okay. Mm. And uh, started hmging everything, and then a Dota Razi got into base to base with it and killed it.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: So that was really fun. Um, I brought Fiddler, and I learned that Fiddler is incredibly difficult to play. Mm. Um, she, there's just, she has a lot of rules that you have to remember. She has multiple models that you have to move. She's not actually good at shooting, like in a traditional sense. So she is just difficult to play well. Um, I think, you know, we can talk about Fiddler later, but I, I definitely learned that she is a, you know, extremely hard to play well model more than anything else. Like there's just so much going on that makes her very hard to play.
2: Sure. Um, well, let's talk about it in this, in this context. this will take a second. So is it, are, are we looking at the table from your perspective?
3: Yes. Okay. So from my perspective, um, so one of the big problems with Fiddler is she has the movement abilities and kind of some of the combat abilities of someone who you would think would be like an assassin or like a flanker. Uh huh. but she is also too, ex- like, so I'm used to playing Yojimbo who has very similar stats to this or deceptively similar stats. She's sure. also got the plus one contender mm-hmm. instead of the drop bears. He has koalas, right? Um, He's also good in CC, but differently. And so when you look at
2: it, I wouldn't so say she's first- good. I'd say she's above average.
3: Well, I mean- she's, she will beat anyone who's not a cc specialist right she does have the extra burst which is cool yeah
2: yeah Yeah, so the she, two
3: she, burst yeah. is very good and two burst with charges is even better or the two burst with the paracies anyway yeah she can hit yeah. people in close combat yes so she's kind of deceptively deadly but also she's a lot of points and you don't want to sacrifice her sure um and so, like, with Yojimbo, it's 18 points. You can throw him across the board. He'll murder people, and then if he dies or when he dies, that's fine. But and he also has smoke to get across the board. Mm-hmm. Fiddler doesn't have the smoke. She doesn't have mimetism. She's not as fast. Her gun's not great. And then one thing I realized about Climbing Plus is that when you climb up things, you expose yourself to more AROs. And if you're in, like, the middle of the board, which is where you've gotten with your amazing 6-4 speed you are getting arrowed from everything and you don't have a gun to shoot back. So you're just in this weird space where you, you can get, it's very easy to get her into dangerous situations that she can't get herself out of. And then you've spent a lot of points on a model that is not doing that much for you or is getting pinned down or is getting taken out by a cheap war band or something like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um we were talking before the show and you two are saying she's a like turn two or a turn three model. And I think that's right.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, and I just think she's very, she's, I, I don't think she's bad, but I think she's going to be very difficult to play. And she's going to be very difficult to utilize to her full potential because, and also because she has, you know, the jackbots. it's just going to be really, really like, she's a lot of cognitive load on you. You are removing multiple models, you're moving them quickly, you only have short range guns, but your short range guns also have templates. It's just you can do a whole ton, but it's really complicated,
1: is kind of my takeaway. I agree. It's pretty funny as soon as you said that she's a, a good turn two or three piece Isaac and Chaz, like, I think she's a good turn, two or three piece. <laughs> and so with with the delay, ready for Twitch time lag. Yeah, with with the time lag, he was like two seconds ahead of hearing you say exactly yeah. what you said. But no, the reason why it's like a turn two or three piece is because you need to kind of let the opponent develop up the table. Yeah, right. You need the opportunity to deal with their their primary, you know, their primary power pieces that are going to be standing up for ARO. Mm-hmm. And then for me, I don't really look at her as as a fighter. I'm not using her to fight. I'm actually I want to use her as an area control and denial piece. So she can throw a drop air around, you know, she can throw a drop airs around the table. She can plant them in her is planting still no role? Is it an N4 thing? I don't remember now. I think you can just put them down now. I think they're just yeah. like mines. so okay, cool. Just want to make sure. But yeah, so she can basically put them like a mine. She can throw them. She can set up her jackbots in really annoying places. Um and then you use her so like that's on a turn two job, right? is you control part of the table and then turn three, you just unleash jackpot hell on people.
2: Have, yeah. Have you, you, that seems right. Have you used that's the Shikami people. a lot, Aaron?
3: Um, Melanie brings a lot of hacking, so no.
2: Okay. I suspect you'll find that they've, they fit a similar use case.
3: Hmm. Um, yeah. I, I think that's probably right. Um, I have definitely had Shikami's do like turn two or three cleanup where they are just bouncing from rooftop to rooftop, murdering every single thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, I, I, yeah, they're probably, she'll probably be very good later in the game, but I also think she'll require a lot of finesse to kind of get her points
2: I mean, I, I see. I see the same. I see the same statement with the Shikami, right? Like that's if you look at all the history of my discussion of JSA, I make the same statement. Like Shikami is a finesse piece. Uh, it's not going to solo a flank by itself, um, and and you need to invest in it early to develop its position, but not overcommit. And I think Fiddler is actually um, sort of like a Shikami with training wheels, I guess is the way to put it, right? Because because you start off. Like, the Shikami is not a great corner guard. It can, like, dodge in the close combat, and I I, I'm, I don't remember its profile very much anymore. I forget if it's a template, but regardless, like, it's not something that I'll rely on, especially since it's so expensive. I don't want to, like, sacrifice it to prevent something, right? Uh, if I have to, I will, but that's probably not what I'm going to do. Um, Fiddler, on the other hand, can guard something with the jackpot. You want the jackpot to be alive so you can, like, throw it away uh, to kill a link team, but if it also stops, like, a a perfect example is if it stops a motorized bounty hunter with an HMG, then that was you know a jackpot well spent. So I sort of see it as an excellent corner guard at the, at the at, at turn one. If you go first, if you're if your first player don't attack with her position, like but do spend an order on her and the jackpot to position the jackpot in a place to prevent a MBH run, right? And that puts her in the midfield. You have to guard her back with other things, but that puts you develop her like an order and a half, right? On average, is really what we're looking at. And that sets her up yeah. for a turn to push, where you can you can mine and approach. It, it really depends on like you, it depends on how much effort you want to spend. You can you can throw you can throw a drop bear or something. Um, and my experience way back in n two, where I was playing Tomcats like every freaking game, um, you your experience where she got shot to shit like because she just like was on a building somewhere is absolutely. Uh, is absolutely something that I experienced as well when I was early like in the early days of using Tomcats. you just like they can climb on stuff. They're here now. Oh crap! Everybody can see here. Um, but climb everywhere. Yeah, but like they can, you can just all do crazy things with climbing plus. Like it opens up all kinds of crazy shots that you would never think of. Uh, and then dropping two shots on a contender, you know, even on uh, nines at like 32 is good because you you can get them out of cover most likely if you're crawling around on a building surface somewhere. Um so being able to drop two on nines in normal rolls, and then have a DA on the other end if they get hit is a pretty big deal. Uh and then you can be also like, you know, at the same time ruining somebody's day with a jackpot, which is just, you know, gravy. Um so yeah, I mean really this boils down to, to a more involved discussion of what we mean when we say it's a turn to two or three piece. Like you have to develop it early on. Um you have to invest in it, which which sounds bad, right? You're just like I don't want that because I want a unit that can do all of it by itself. I don't have to invest in a Morlock. I don't have to invest in like a Mutt, right? right? Like, it's like it just sort of runs itself. It's a jerk by itself. But I think Fiddler opens up a lot more stuff that you can do because she has such a diverse toolkit um, that if you, if, you, if you pay up front, like a few orders, you know, turn one, turn two, turn three can be uh, really devastating, especially because she's a specialist and can do things like pick tags back up
3: yeah i i got to when i got to my turn three basically all i was thinking was like wow i really i wish i still had my fiddler alive somewhere because Mm -hmm. she was absolutely the tool i needed in like five different situations when i was at the end of the game and there were like Mm
0: -hmm.
2: it was much smaller yeah yeah um stuff's just dead so she has more room to move
3: um yeah, and, and like the ARO pieces are not in their good positions anymore, and then yeah. her mobility would have been great. The jackpots, I'm happy to trade one. You know, I'm not so happy trading a jackpot for um, a daughter Ozzy, but I'm totally happy throwing a jackpot into a big core link and, sure. you know, forcing bad choices. Um, so mean, this was...
1: for a you're doubling your points.
2: Yeah, and a daughter yeah, is super but... dangerous too, depending on where it is. If it's in the midfield, probably not, but if it's like on your doorstep, Probably, yes.
3: I, I guess, um, you know, I probably don't want to trade a jackbot for a daughter. Razi turn one, is kind of my thought. Um, that seems not amazing to me, especially when I only had the one jackbot, because mm. two yep. is very, like, two is getting really expensive. <laughs> yeah, That's Two, like two is
2: extravagant.
3: Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think one thing you were saying is because you know she has this huge toolbox of she's a specialist, she has D charges, she has climbing plus and all these things. this is this is kind of one of the the parts that makes her hard to play well, I think, is that you know she has a ton of points because she has all this good stuff. And so if you're not getting all of that out of her, you're maybe there's there's frequently going to be another piece that will do something similar to what she does for cheaper if you're not making use of a lot of her toolkit, I think.
1: You know, um, I think that's that's actually like a fair analysis of toolkit units. And one of the things though that at the same time, you're not necessarily you don't have I don't think you have to use all of her abilities all the time to get the points. But it's more that what you're what you're really paying for is the opportunity to use any of those abilities wherever you need it. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, and I think you have to Part of it,
3: I I guess, is that you need to set yourself up in a way where you—it is possible that those could be used, rather than just saying like, you know. So, in I think Drews, it's a perfect example. She's about the same cost as Wolfgang. So, if you want someone who's going to run forward and blow stuff up, like Wolfgang, is a better choice. Yes, yes, hands down. But because she has, you know, all of this other stuff going on with her, if you can get use out of that, then she starts to look much more attractive.
2: Yeah, I mean there. I mean, there's plenty of ways to evaluate units, right? One is just straight up, like, did this unit make its points back? Uh, and that is a question you can ask of units like Wolfgang, like you're saying, right? Um, but to ask that question of Fiddler is like, well, are you are you really using Fiddler the way she's intended, right? Um, so, I mean, I I tend to to be uh, of the of the um, philosophy that the points make up. Sort of evaluation metric is um i don't want to say bad but like it it's it's missing some some nuance and i think at the highest levels of play when you're when you're looking for things like fiddler right there's a lot of stuff that she can do that opens up more options at efficient order costs right like i can't <laughs> i can't deal with this thing but if i can get fiddler behind it and then shoot it in the back with double contender shots i can remove it and get on with my day Whereas previously, you know, I would have had to invest like three or four orders to get something in position and then maybe kill it, right? Um, and and it's 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 a difficult sell often, uh, especially when everybody. I mean, everybody who plays these games are always about like you know hyper optimization, try to get the best bang for your buck, all that stuff. Um, and, you know, if not all the time, at least some of the time when you're playing these games, right? That's that's part of what draws us to this because we we make things our own by b- making a list that. Uh, that makes good use of points, right? Like I'm not going to take something that I don't like and I think performs poorly and that's expensive. That just doesn't make sense. Like no rational person would do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I I think it's it's difficult to get out of that mindset and start looking at things like Fiddler um, and say like I what if I don't use this? What happens in the game where like you know Fiddler just sits right. there and does nothing uh, uh, and then or, or you know, like my my Uberfall just sit there and do nothing, or my tag just sits there and does nothing, right? So, it, it, but that that doing nothing may also, you know, be uh, taking up space in your opponent's brain, and that that is something that is hard to quantify, especially in the middle of the game, right? So, like uh, Adam, you're always saying fighting Brachial, right, is like fighting a wall of oh, yeah. stone. Like, you know, you feel like you're not making any progress. He's not under any pressure. And at the end of the game, he just sort of like deflates and is like, "Oh my god, like you, you almost had me on like turn two. It was like the worst. Like I don't know what I was gonna do if that role went your way, you know." Uh, and you're like, "It's just I've, I've I've yet to play him, so next time we see each other, oh, uh, Michael, we should we should play." But um, yeah, just like things like that, and which is why I think the the post game conversation is so important. Anyway, I've said a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My
3: yeah. my final takeaway about Fiddler was. Day of the tournament, after I had finished, I thought, like, oh, this kind of, you know, I would have been better off with a brawler engineer, because that's what I really wanted in that situation, mm-hmm. and my thoughts was kind of like, eh, hey, you know, I'm, I'm not sure about her. Today, you know, several days later, I'm thinking, you know, my brain is kind of going like, ooh, what else can I do with her? How can I use her? Because there are all of these interesting possibilities, Um I think she does require like like she doesn't fit in a double tag list because you don't have enough orders. For sure. Her.
0: Yeah. Right. But, yeah.
3: Like, it's. I, I think she does. She is a little bit order hungry, but I think there's probably some, we will probably end up seeing some amazing things from her eventually because she'll just do some totally crazy off the wall monkey stuff. Um. Yeah. But I, I do think it's, She's going to require a lot of finesse and thought and thoughtfulness to play in a way that kind of really uses her to her full potential.
2: I, mean, I, I think your other point about a double tag list being the wrong list to take her in is, is, is a good one. Um, I, mm-hmm. I, I think her, her fitting into uh, something like one of Melanie's lists, which is like 15 orders, right? Everything. Uh, it's well above its weight, right? Like a, a linked moderator, you may look at it and be like, yeah, oh, that's trash. But like you kill stuff with that. It powers the Führerbach if nothing else, right? Um, and so I, I sort of see see Fiddler slotting into a list that plays like, a, I, I, for lack of a better analogy at the moment, I'll use Ariadne. It plays like an Ariadne list where everything is a threat, right? Like a six-point chain rifle volunteer is more than happy to be powered by... Uh, the the rage that is Tony Zukov too and just like <laughs> blast across the table with chain rifle link and you're like, how did that just happen? Like did he really just invest, you know, five or six orders in driving this like one six point unit across the table and half table me? Right. And I think I think having the option where everything in the list is is that kind of that level of dangerous um, is is a place that fiddler can excel. Because really she I, I think she excels in a threat saturation list. And when you when you have a threat concentration list, like a double tag list, it's hard for her to shine mm-hmm. because you're like, I want to power the tags. They do the things. They're, they're the thing that kills stuff. And then Fiddler's like, great, I also can kill stuff. Guys, you're going to wait for me to do things. And she sort of like chasing yeah, over everything. here. Yeah.
1: Yeah, she definitely wants a few orders.
3: Yeah, yeah. I, I think um, last thing, really quick, is just I yeah. don't know how the engineer part of her might be the most deceiving part of her. I think okay. it's. You're more often than not going to be pushing buttons with that than you are going to be repairing stuff, sure. because, yeah, it's she's usually not going to be in a position where you're next to something that can that it's worthwhile to spend your orders repairing it. Basically,
1: mm-hmm. I mean, could she not also get a pal She could.
3: Yes, that's not like, yeah. So there's a lot she's of stuff. More on her. If you want even more pieces to move around when you activate your single unit. <laughs> yes. It's like, how can we complicate this?
0: <laughs>
3: I, I do think Fiddler plus a Palbot is... Um, Fiddler, two Jackbots, two Palbots is the perfect unit in every way. Fiddler dies um, immediately <laughs> and you are sad.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. That's like 20 points of accessories. <laughs> right. is yeah, it's just like...
2: But they're
3: all 6-4 move.
1: Yeah, It's that's great. True. That's true.
3: You can get some really high uh, burst on your CC attack.
1: Yeah, I I'm just want to cons- read um... one. One Jackbot, one Palbot. Yeah, I, I think that's actually probably. Yeah, that, that's a that's a sweet, that are about going crazy
3: for two Jackbots, but I think one Jackbot, one Palbot is probably in most cases the optimal amount. Yeah, if you're going to be see, using her.
2: Things. I'm I'm really curious to know what you think of her. And what you think of the Shikami after you've bounced back and forth between the, the factions a few times?
3: I the Shikami is really hard for me to to like have good. One of my times with the Shikami, it got um, uh, carbonated and yep. then it got swarmed by an Uberfall. Sure. And you yeah. know I'm. Haunted and, by that, of just yeah. like yeah, you know the the fourteen point moderator and the twenty point chimera just ripped through my thing, and there was literally nothing it could do. Um,
2: well, you're now going to tournaments where you play not Melanie, so you can have a list for Melanie and a list for not Melanie. <laughs> there you
3: <Yeah>. go. <laughs> I guess my my point is, it's hard to learn to play the Shikami when it gets locked down every single game. Sure. Yeah, that's abs- Jack- that's fair. Fiddler, on the other hand, can't be locked down. It's amazing.
4: <laughs> Blow her up with missiles. Magic. I was like, neither uh, can the Oni Waban. Yeah. yeah, also true.
3: This is this is why I think Melody doesn't appreciate the custodian's shooting potential, because it keeps getting murdered by Oni Waban.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, its it shooting potential is, is, is good, right? Like, Nate will tell you that he's soloed a bunch of stuff with the... Um, uh, murmured on officer, right, which has a similar stat line. Um, yeah, but I, um, I did, I did. Before we move on, I wanted to make sure that the the audio folks on the podcast got to got to uh, be exposed to Isaac's comment, which is that uh, he's saying that fiddlers difficult to learn. Uh, and actually, it's probably fair to say that most of toolboxy troops are difficult to learn because it takes time to learn when to apply each tool. Which I think is a good point. I want to just make sure that, that we capture me. that for the podcast folks. Yeah.
1: Um,
2: yeah.
1: But that's I would say that that um, that toolbox argument kind of goes back to Druze, right? Where it's like yeah, on a Druze you're paying for a viral pistol, you're paying for a chain colt, you're, you're paying for a carbine rifle, plus
2: one everything,
1: X visor. Yeah. You should be paying for a Panzerfaust if you're buying that base profile, um, and you might feel like, oh, I didn't use the viral pistols this game, therefore it's a waste. of am spending points on them, but when you need a viral pistol, <clears throat> Duroc, uh, they Duroc's not a problem. Thank you. Thank you. I'm
0: glad I was able to set that
3: up. Yeah, I the one of the biggest problems with playing toolbox units is trying to explain to your opponent all of the tools in your toolbox. <laughs> yes. Trying to, someone asked me, like, at the tournament, it was like, okay, what has MSV? And it's like, well, this and this and this. And it's like, okay, well, what has uh, templates? And it's like, oh, boy...
2: Let me get uh, off the list. The thing, these things don't have templates. How about we start with that? Yeah. yeah Drews, Drew's um, are great.
3: Drews are really fun, and everyone should play Drews, and that will be part of my sales pitch later on. Um, should we get back to this game where everything went wrong, but we've only talked about Fiddler so far? Sure, yeah,
1: let's, <laughs> sure. yeah, Let's do it. we us talk about that.
3: Um, really, I'll just I'll go through the highlights. The highlights were. Um, First turn, Raziot got punched in the face by Scarface and died.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, in my turn, Fiddler died, and my Anaconda uh, got killed by a daughter, Razzie. Uh Second, Morat turn, or... Second turn, I'm not, ex- not much happened. I think I threw some pitchers. We should have pressed some buttons, but we were too busy trying to kill each other. Third turn... Um, his other uh Raziat came on and um, shot my one of my Druze in the back and just the bullets bounced off and then like someone just like turned around and lit him up with like an SMG or something. And uh so yeah, just two Raziads did absolutely nothing. Uh the Druze threw pitchers over at that uh over at the like Morat core and then uh, dropped missiles onto Kornak. Kornak uh, happily ate the missiles and had no problem with it. Uh, there was some heavy infantry that I tried to like uh, carbonite like five times and it just kept making all of its saves. Mm.
0: Um,
3: eventually, the Morak Corps walked over to uh, my thing to sabotage the part of looting and sabotaging, punched it and just nothing happened. So he couldn't smash my console or whatever it was. On my turn, I tried to walk over to his console and Cornac killed my entire army. I think I started with eight troops and Cornac killed six of them on my turn. Oh, my gosh. Um, he killed Scarface plus Scarface out of the tag, plus Cordelia, plus like two Druze and a Brawler and just like everything. I could not move out of my like deployment zone because Cornac was just sitting there on the console, just mowing everyone down. Um so it was just a game where nobody really accomplished much of anything, and yeah, even though we should have been able to accomplish anything, um,
2: that's crazy. Just
3: yeah, so <laughs> just nothing worked. And all of the things that should have worked did not work, and uh, it was a zero-one game. <laughs> he mm-hmm. won zero-one because he, I think, got a classified,
0: Goodness. and that
3: uh, yeah, that was it. And. It was just completely, yeah, just nonsense. Just nothing worked.
0: Yeah.
3: Brutal. Yeah. Melanie, would you like to
4: tell us about your game? Let's hear about yours. Nothing worked. <laughs> okay, so Aaron's game was nothing worked for either side. My game was nothing worked for me. Mm. Um, I played Obi, which was. Oh, hey Obi. Intimidating and wonderful. Um, Obi brought a double Vostok list uh, on Tunguska. He, oh, he was playing Tunguska? Jesus. A double Vostok list with Fiddler, um, a Knot, two motorized bounty hunters, and just, it, it was uh, a gotta-go-fast list. Like, hold on a second, just, like, quick timeout. Can we just point out that Obi
1: just finished painting literally every model that he can run in Toha? And then the next tournament he shows up to, he comes with unpainted Tunguska?
4: Yeah. Uh-huh.
1: Okay, just want to just...
2: I mean, but you got to go fast at him.
1: <laughs>
3: right? Toha can only bring one motorized bounty hunter. Therefore, it's just a completely that's worthless
2: true.
1: army. And zero Vostoks. And
2: zero... Yeah, yeah that's the real... Like that. That's the real statement.
4: Did he Did he have um,
2: the, the missile launcher Vostok too?
4: He had a... Uh... Yes, a Missile Launcher Vostok and a Marksman Rifle, or... The Mark 12. Mark 12, thank you.
1: Weren't we just talking about the Missile Launcher Vostok?
4: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um... (laughs) There you go. He doesn't want to tip his toe (laughs) Um... (laughs) It. The game started fine enough. Um, Things went, okay, I got to pitch your network up, like, sure things just went fine and then i by the by the second half of my first turn none of my rolls went um Um, i tried to spotlight something and rolled like 18 19 18 20 and just yeah and that was by the by the time my second turn i played second and by the time my second turn came around it's like okay I'm not going to win this one. <laughs> nothing is a, nothing is going to act. It, it's just a comedy at this point. Like you might okay. as well just go for broke and do random ass that, you know, try whatever I can. So mm-hmm. I ended up basically, he had a, um, five man core with a boss stock in it, pushing up. What is the left side? um, and I had my Prowler with a the Spitfire there. And so I waited for him to walk by and tried to sneak the Prowler behind all of his stuff. Okay. Um, unfortunately, he had not moved his Zonotica the whole game. Mm. And it was sitting back there waiting for me. My high rolling continued and I managed to tank two rounds of chain rifles and just take all of it as a Prowler. But... um eventually my prowler died and i was left with nothing that could accomplish anything so the points were zero to whatever the max you can get for looting or for looting and sabotage is well um i actually i would never say to do this but i think we conceded at the i conceded at the top of turn three because i had nothing that could complete any I had only 90 points left. I had nothing that could complete objectives. And he had like 10 orders still. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just like, do you really... It's kind of like, do you really want to play... You've already already completed all your objectives. I cannot complete any of my (laughs) objectives. And I have about three or four orders left. Do you really want to finish this one? And (laughs) so I just kind of let it go. I don't feel bad about it. It was a... It was a... Crushing defeat, but it was, it was by the when the rolls are against you, the rolls are against you. There's sure. not much you can do at that
2: point, yeah. And then he's and Obi saying in chat that Fiddler one shot the AC2 with a D charge. That's rough,
4: yeah, <laughs> yeah. I
2: mean, like, I've I've thrown three D charges out of the AC2. DC2 is like, whatever,
1: <laughs> like, yeah. I was just gonna like... say, what's that like? Yeah, <laughs> what's, what does it feel like to be like, oh, I charged the thing like you normally are supposed to, right? That never happens.
4: Yeah, I mean, it did end up with um, Jackbots getting 8 form movement from a loot box, um, and like maybe a, something explosive to shoot. It, it it was a fun game to watch. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> it
1: there was amusing. Go.
4: It was amusing.
2: Well, I I, I want to address AU Dude's comment uh, in chat about coming from a Starcraft background. The stigma against conceding confuses me. I mean, it's it's not so much that like it's. Like, you're a jerk if you do it, right? Um, I think in this particular case, it's very reasonable. It's the end of the game. Uh, it's clear that you're not going to get any more points. Obi has already gotten all the points he can get. Um, at this point, it's like the end of the day. You're tired, and you're like, you know, like game state will not be affected by by pushing through this. Uh, I'm comfortable calling it here. Like, I've I've done that plenty of times I turn two. You've done that. Uh, sorry, uh, turn three. I, Adam's done that plenty of times. Turn three, I, you know, when we're playing each other, um, and I don't, yeah. I don't feel bad for doing that. The things that would be an issue, I think, is if you at the at the bottom of one, right where the other person hasn't had an opportunity to collect all their objectives, um, where that does affect tournament rankings. Like if they don't get objective points, um, you know, then then they they may end up lower in the tournament rankings. Uh, There's also a question of fairness, whether or not uh like you give them a 10-0 victory or like how does that work
1: that to me is the big one yeah that's that's right? the like big people, one
2: right
1: and people can see and they're like oh you just gave him 10-0 and it's like i don't mm, i don't like as a to i don't like that because if that other player would have won like 7-0 or 9-0 right right that can definitely affect their standings in an overall tournament especially in bigger tournaments where it comes down then to further tiebreakers yeah. so yeah, it's it, in this case. It sounded like you both attained the most amount of points you could attain. Mm-hmm.
4: I, it was, and Obi was actually very gracious because the only thing I could could have feasibly done was um HVT. Uh, what's it called? Secure the HVT. Uh, yeah. Secure the HVT. And he said, "Well, do you want to go just in case you could?" And it's like, "Well, I have three, like four orders, and sure. you yeah. are defending sure. your yeah." It happens. So. Yeah. The, the yeah.
2: other thing I would mention yeah. is that um, a game of Infinity is like two hours. An average game of Starcraft is like thirty minutes or under, right? Depending, unless you go to like a crazy, like, serial, uh like, you know, uh, macro game right. or something, right, where you mine out the whole map kind of situation. Um, so, so from that perspective, That's right, correct. like people have shown up to play three games in like this is a whole day affair, right? Um, you, you are, you're, you're there to play three games. You're there not only to shoot for the top of the tournament list, uh, but you're also there to get three full games in and like explore failure, right? Like even, even, uh, like a great example is the game that I'm going to publish, um, against Eric, where Ajax like (laughs) deleted 150 points in the first turn. Right. And we spent the remainder of the time we had together uh really talking through how he can recover and we were playing supplies and he almost did right it ended up being um I think two boxes to to zero but uh he, at one point it was two boxes to one which is which is pretty good for having like your entire army like half of your army literally gone. Um right. Yeah so so I mean if I've I've definitely it's it's a tough call, right? Like I remember um Last game of a five-round tournament. I was was it a five-round tournament? Uh, it might have been. I think it was last game. I was playing a gentleman who was playing a Kari with the ten-order Wu Scarface list, and I was playing Vanilla Nomads. And by the end of the game, I had a Moran in in his deployment zone, and I was about to start shooting Scarface with Ada Swanson like in the face uh, with AP rounds, and he was just like, "I'm I'm done." I, I had a Kreza, an Intruder HMG, and it was just like all. Everything was alive. All of his stuff was dead, and he was not having a good time. Uh, and at that point, I think you also have to call it too. Um, and you know, it wasn't a big deal for tournament rankings because I the first couple of, uh, games didn't go my way. Uh, but it's 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 really difficult to, um, to as a TO right like when somebody comes to you and they're like my opponent conceded, right? You're like ah crap, right? Like that's it. It's it's yeah. bad for for the tournament organizer. I think. Um, I, 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 if you're ever in that situation uh, at, at a big tournament or even a smaller tournament, do call the tournament organizer over. Uh, have an impartial person who isn't emotionally invested in the game talk through it with you. Uh, I've even done things like uh, like I, I've I've had game nights where you know some somebody comes up and it's like I can't do anything. This game is over. I quit. And you're like, okay, hang on. Let's let's take a step back. Let's not talk about the game. We'll go get a soda from the fridge or something and we'll come back <laughs> and then I will, you explain to me what the situation is and let's talk through it together as a team and maybe you can get something out of it, right? And some people respond well to that, some people don't. Um, but really, I guess the bottom line is like, you, the reason that we, we, I play Infinity, I think uh, the re- reason Adam plays Infinity is to improve, right? Um, and so like when we approach this sort of discussion uh, as TOs and as players, uh, it's important to play through it all to get the experience. I don't you know, and then of course I don't I don't want to speak for for uh, Melanie and Erin here, but that's that's sort of the way I see things.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I'd agree. Normally I wouldn't concede. Um and just to comment, we are huge StarCraft fans, which is why we have this Soju in the first place. Oh But, there you um, go. but uh normally I wouldn't concede. It just was so not just that I was losing, but it was there was nothing else that could happen that could change yeah. the results of the game, like change sure. the scoring of the game. If it and I wanted to wait at least until it was pretty clear I was going to lose by turn two, mm-hmm. but I wanted to wait till at least turn three when there was literally nothing that could be done. Um, so
1: yeah, and I th- and I think that's I mean I think we both agree that that's that's fine, right? Right. It is it, it is you know, I think the bigger point is in a tournament when people concede, I feel like a lot of times people go, so 10-0, and it's like, no, that totally ruins everything. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do you. that oh, thing. Please. If, you know, if it, yeah, if it's like turn three and there's literally no way for either of you to score more points by finishing it out, or if it's the bottom of turn three and there's no way for you to score more points, like, yeah, there's no reason to spend extra orders letting more of your units die, you know, like, you walk away with the points you have. Um, I think, you yeah, those are all totally reasonable.
2: I mean, it really, no, like, if, but, but to take the StarCraft analogy again, right, like, or, or the comparison, I guess, is, is the word I'm looking for. Um, you know, there's there's no reason to go to a complete building kill, right? Because it's like, obviously, like, all right, well, you have, like, I've lost my, my unit ball. Uh, my supply is like, you know, just drones now or whatever. And like, you're just going to win mm-hmm. it. I'm not going to wait for this. And so this is a clear case of that. It's like, all right, I'm just dead and we don't want to like make you walk all your stuff over to my base and kill it. That's stupid. Um, but like I think the thing that we're arguing against is like sort of the BM Starcraft play where you're like halfway through the game and you're just like I can't win this and it, game state looks reasonably balanced and all of a sudden you just like you're just like quit. You know, you don't even give the GG. That's sort of like the the thing we're arguing against. Especially because yeah, it like yeah. totally Fs with tournament rankings.
1: Look at you pulling out all your, all your uh, StarCraft words. <laughs> I should have said Star Trek words. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> you missed an
2: opportunity. Oh,
1: man. Uh, okay. So, uh, bikes. You both used bikes? Yeah. So, moving
3: on to just kind of overall thoughts. Um, yeah. Bikes. I love bikes. I loved bikes before. I still love bikes now. I, I think that the Mimetism three on like Bikers, is great, but it's mm-hmm. not going to save your life. You know, it's your sure. bikes are. You know, if you're having like some kind of cheap throwaway bike, it's the the Mimetism three is nice, but it's not going to really. It's not a huge buff. It's a buff, but it's not game
1: changing like, in any way. Let's be honest though. The few times it does work, you're going to be like grinning ear to ear. Sure.
3: Yeah, but <laughs>
1: half the time. To-
3: you know, like the thing is, if you're like if you're a biker and all you have is like a chain rifle, like you're not even like getting like a face to face roll as you move up against something. Like if an, an ARO piece of any kind is still going to stop you if you have mimetism through if you had it or didn't have mimetism. So, you know, most of the time the mimetism isn't going to do very much, especially on the cheap on like cheap bikes that are getting it. Um, sure, it's it's fine um on big bikes or bikes with big guns um like the red fury motorized bounty hunter it's so nice it's it's such a buff um i want to play a Conta Cemento now because they have availability to of uh, the Montesses. um if that if i could find that starter box i would i would definitely not start another cuz i don't need more, more, more I, had, I
2: had to buy out somebody's army to get it
3: yeah. Um, the anyway, those like if you have a bigger bike, if you have a Zonautica with a Spitfire, um, the Red Fury motorized Bounty Hunter is great. Like those bikes, I think deploying them non-impetuous is a huge buff, um, and I think they're really good. And I think the Red Fury motorized Bounty Hunter at only half a swick is. Incredibly good, especially in something like brews. Um, yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of the motorized bounty hunters, especially the red fury one.
1: It's such a good profile. It's really it's so good. cheap. Like the because now now the, they get the impetuous discount, but don't have to be impetuous. Yeah, um, the I mean, so I think the.
3: The impetuous discount on on like walking around infantry troops makes a lot of sense. Having the same discount on bikes doesn't entirely make sense because bikes have their own downside, which is being silhouette four and not being able to go prone. So right. you're huge. You, there's just not a lot of place to put you, and you can't really hide. Um, so I feel like there should have been an extra motorcycle discount, which there now is, basically. Um, So I feel this kind of puts bikes into a good place, but they're not going to be broken, except for maybe the Red Fury Motorized Bounty Hunter, because it is so cheap (laughs) for just such a big, fast gun.
4: Um, Yeah. I don't normally take bikes because they're not in my army. Um, But I do like them. Uh, I found that in the ITS 13 like just giving me a bike was nice to have a bike and we already kind of talked about it but I saw it as something to do whatever needed to be done just because I could throw it away and not lose any points um, my bigger concern with the bike is that I can't add it to my app or like printout sheet of my army which really annoys the hell out of me oh, uh, funny! but uh, what we did is we printed out an army that was all three profiles of all three of the bike just on its own page. So then we had a page of bikes, basically just to have the
2: reference.
4: Um, Yeah. But uh, I will say that there's definitely going to be some talk about how to score them. Um, At the tournament we went to, it was ruled that they count for points and that all motorized bounty hunters, not just the free one, are specialists. Um, which, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see kind of how those things play out in the future.
3: Yeah, the the rules say something like the motorized bounty hunter is a specialist for this mission or something, which is oh. in English somewhat ambiguous. I think sure. it should just be the one free one, but
2: right. But you, know, um, you need to, think, yeah. to complain. You just need to make a call as the TO as to what it is. Yeah, yeah. Sure.
3: So there will be some confusion starting out. Um, yeah. My my big prediction is that people are going to suddenly realize that bikes have actually been good the whole time, but they'll blame it on ITS thirteen for them being right. now. Right. And we will slowly start to see more. Um, I don't think I saw any except for the free one at uh, the tournament we were at. You saw, I guess, Zuleika,
4: but I, and Obi's have three. Oh
3: yeah. <laughs> Obi knows what he's doing. Obi's a smart
4: person and a uh, a man of culture. Obi is in the chat talking about how good the bikes are in Tunguska. So, yeah.
3: Right. Um, I What I'm really hoping this season does is it makes people play bikes and they realize that bikes have been always good. Have al- like, Bikes have been good before. They were always good. They're really good. You should play all the bikes. And I hope that now you are forced to bring bikes, people will realize that they were good the whole time and start using them more.
1: Yeah, I just look at my Mavericks every time I'm like, <laughs> Mim- Mimitism, MSV-1, bikes getting cover with light rocket launchers, yes.
3: Yeah, those, any bike that has range is going to be extra good, um, I think. I think sure. those are the bikes that are really getting buffed. But like, yeah, if you just had like a chain rifle before, yeah, it's a buff, but it's not really game changing. Something like the Montessa, though, very good. Big change,
2: yeah. big good change. Yeah, I, I think I think it really like, boils wanna... down to, um, you know, what your tables look like. If you have a very open table, bikes are bad, right? Because there's no there's no place for them to go, right? Without getting shot by something, even with memetism um, on cover, right? You're still got a large base. It's hard to hide. So, um, I, I can see people in those kinds of metas where it's like our tables are sparse. Um, so, you know, I, I think I think that's, you know, having never been to Interplanetario, I, I feel like that's the state of affairs there, right? Just like mm-hmm. s- more sparse tables than we're used to seeing in the U.S. Certainly more sparse than we're used to seeing in the Pacific Northwest. Um, so uh, that probably has a lot to do with people's um, uh, evaluation of them. Also, I think people tend to think of... Uh, Impetuous resources as a thing that they should not give up, right? And that was way more true back in and 3 for the changes to Impetuous, where we had extreme Impetuous, we had to spend orders to cancel it. Um, and so people really didn't like that about Yojimbo. I mean, uh, and so in learning, learning, like the biggest learning thing for me in JSA was uh, I will cancel Yojimbo's order if I think he's at risk, right? And I'm, I'm happy to spend the order to do that. And people thought I was crazy, or people like just didn't do that. Um, but now that it, you could just do that for free, maybe folks don't really think about that. And they're like, oh, I'm giving up a whole order of movement. Isn't Infinity a, a game about maximizing orders, right? Order efficiency. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things that I see often, especially when discussing JSA, is people will be like, oh yeah, bikes suck. Because like, they just roll out and then they just die. I'm like, well, yeah, if that's what you're doing with them, of course. Um, but if you save them... Uh, like re- really what it is, is, is you're saving it for later where you're at an order deficit because stuff is dead and you make up for those orders because the bikes are fast. So uh, a bike moving is basically a, a half order because it goes so damn fast. So you, with your depleted order pool in turns two and three, you can now still do things. Um, and that's sort of the way I approach bikes. And I think is the way, you know, you approach bikes too, Aaron, right? so yeah. uh for if you if you take that perspective things start to look really good and then of course you know we, we've talked about this a lot in the context of heavy gear fast things in a game about positional advantage are good period <laughs>
1: that's how it works
2: yeah weird
1: yeah. so no that's yeah no it's it's been really interesting hearing because like you know, it's 13 doesn't look like a huge overhaul from it's 12 but I think that the meta is actually going to have a bigger shift, which is interesting. Like, the scenarios are are roughly the same. You know, there's more, uh, there's more classified objectives in some of the missions. Um, but I think fundamentally people's list compositions are going to change. I think that bikes are going to lead to a bigger uh, – lead to a uh, – a larger requirement to have more midfield defenders and speed bumps yep. mm-hmm. to slow people down. Because if suddenly, if everybody's running, you know, an authorized bounty hunter or two, or then they're throwing in some extra bikers and desperados, it's like, better have some mines. Like, I hope you have <laughs> yeah. some way to keep those things from driving up your deployment zone. You know, one of the things that um, I think John and I both really noticed in previous seasons is when um, alpha strikes were really powerful and then people would just null deploy, and when I would go against somebody who null deploys and combined, I always had like one Gaki or one Preda, you know, that's moving six six, climbing plus, getting across the table in one, you know, in its own impetuous and a regular order right. in the enemy deployment zone. Suddenly a dogged chain rifle, you know, like that's that's awful. Nobody likes doing that. Well, coon bikers do that, and now they have mimetism and can choose to not be impetuous and can get cover and are even meaner. So. It's definitely going to now force people to play more AROs, mm-hmm. right? Like, there's all these, like, results that are going to happen. Um, it will be, there will have to be a meta shift. I, so,
3: um, On the last episode, you were talking about how um, they were giving away those, basically, uh, some of the missions come with those free uh, total reaction combi rifle bots. Oh, mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. And we were saying, like, well, those actually already exist. Like, you can already take those. They, they're yeah. not really very expensive. I, you know, both the bikes and those kind of feel similar to me in that, you know, these are good pieces that are already in the game. We, we're we encouraging you to take them because we're not seeing people take them, but they're in a good place balance-wise. I, you know, I I think that there are... When I read people online talking about Infinity Balance, a lot of times it's people complaining about... Um, you know one or two specific things and then if you actually talk to people they go like oh well there's these options and there's these options and there's these options sure. and i hope that maybe some of this um some of the its 13 stuff is kind of poking people and going hey you know you can play other stuff there is other good stuff in this game if you you know try playing other things you'll learn that you know actually this one strategy isn't completely broken because there are actually other things you can do um so i i hope people start trying out new stuff and quit whining on the internet about how whatever the current thing is is broken because
4: yeah yeah it's true I mean, people to not whine on the internet <laughs> except yeah, one yeah
1: yeah um, but it's true though right like the internet the internet i feel like still was like oh my god burst six kriza and here we are. It's like, well, step one: don't get shot by the burst six Kreza. <laughs> it's it's it is a gun coming from one place. Don't I mean, let the, that the one place. The burst six
2: Kreza, though, is I don't want to derail it. It is very good if you use it against multiple no, it, targets. That is where it really, really shines.
1: Really good against multiple targets. Yeah. That's why you don't let it see multiple things. Yeah. I mean, I I
2: I like what they're doing. Uh I'm not entirely certain that this like this is something that should stick around long term for the health of the game. But I sure. think it's it's a good disruptive tool to push people in different directions. I mean like this is gonna change the way I evaluate units. Um, right. So like uh I've yeah. I've liked the things like the Urigan or um any of the combi rifle TR bots like we like Aaron was just saying. Um but one thing that I had sort of started to optimize out of my lists was mine layers. And mines are good um, but it's just like what ended up uh happening to me was it generally felt like uh I didn't have enough spoons to place mines well uh and so it was easy to clean up, or the mines just weren't getting me the effectiveness that I want and in effectively all cases right uh taking a mind layer in the midfield equates to losing a specialist in the midfield, like in like 99% of the cases, right? Like more ends are a, a good counter example, but I think I think it's true for most most things. Um, so you're like, well, there's a lot of emphasis on doing stuff in the midfield, pushing buttons and such. So I'm losing that ability now. And the, the guy still has mines, so I can correct the lack of mines. Uh, by placing them and then recamoing, right? So that's, that's something I can control in the game. So I don't lose the capability. I just I don't get it at deployment. Now, with the prevalence of bikes and how mobile they are, um, you do kind of want that bubble shield a little bit, right? You want a little bit of uh, midfield defense like we were talking about. Um, and I think, you know, we were talking about this in other contexts about, like, people who are very polarizing. They're like, well, you shouldn't play that faction because it has no camo. And therefore, that faction is bad. Like th- those are arguments that I've seen it happen on the internet. Um, and you know, if 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 you evaluate uh, a faction based on whether or not they have camo, camo is an incredibly powerful skill. It does all kinds of things. It breaks a lot of interactions. It's an exception case for for a lot of the rules of the game, right? I, you can shoot everything. I cannot shoot a camo token, right? It's just not allowed. Um, so if you if you take it from that perspective, yeah, sure. Then then you know these other factions aren't interesting to you. Uh, but that doesn't mean the faction can't accomplish the the mission just as well as anything else that doesn't. Uh, that doesn't. I mean, you're going to tell me that steel is bad, right? Because it's def camo, mm-hmm. you know. So
4: um... steel's bad because it's mostly dudes. <laughs>
2: there, there you go. Okay, that's that's a valid criticism if what you're looking for is a is a you know 50 50 distribution or uh, primarily female or something, right? Uh, so it really yeah, is. You would...
1: have a question hmm? about this. It is the greatest
2: army in
3: infinity. Sorry. Sure, Steel is incredibly homoerotic.
2: <laughs> I mean, it has got Brad Pitt in it, right? so. Um,
3: you don't need to get distracted on that right now, though. Yeah, yes,
2: uh, we'll save that for the, for the discussion after the show, right? Um, but uh, yeah, like I, I, I think this will force people to think about stuff differently uh, in a in a positive way. I'm just not sure that I want it to stick around forever. I guess is what I'm what I'm getting at anyway
3: i i feel like on i don't think the mimetism is terrible on bikes i think that we're going to discover that maybe the non-impetuous deployment was a bit of an overcorrection in some cases right um i think a lot of times you're still going to want your bikes impetuous um because you know like we were saying you know you're maybe not going to be using that impetuous order on turn one but having four orders for turns two and three is going to be better than having three orders spread across there's the calculations are going to be complicated in such a way that impetuous deployment is still going to be a good choice on a lot of bikes.
0: Mm
3: -hmm. Um, but I do think this is going, there are going to be a few bikes that get really heavily skewed by the non impetuous deployment. Um, And are going to be need to be either cost adjusted or something's going to have to happen.
0: Yeah, Um,
3: yeah. Maybe I mean maybe the solution is to remove the um, impetuous discount on maybe like give impetuous or non-impetuous per profile and then remove the impetuous discount on ones that you take it away from or something like that. Right. Um. I don't know. I don't know what the answer will be. Um, but I do think that there will, it's going to be a bit too strong in a few situations, probably.
1: Yeah, I think that, you know, kind of like how we saw um, the, uh, the four deployments stick around for a couple seasons with medium infantry. Yeah. And that actually led to them kind of going through and reevaluating the role of medium infantry entirely um, for round yeah. four. I, I could see maybe the mimetism part sticking around. And honestly, like the mimetism between makes sense. Like motorcycles are fast, right? They should be hard to hit. Yeah. Not, but but not hiding behind a wall. Like motorcycles and walls don't get along. Um, so if if you're going fast enough to be hard to hit, that's fine. And then you like throw Argato up to odd, right? Obviously, I'm saying all points need to be appropriate, right? But like, sure, why not? Why not have a really hard to hit, fast bike? I am not saying put Penitencia up to negative nine. <laughs> but you could be And I think CB should listen yeah, Right I'm going to draw the line there But It's um, If this is an opportunity for them To kind of reevaluate The role of motorcycles the way they reevaluate The role of medium infantry then I think it's This is just maybe them In a way testing The waters towards some fixes Like let's try both these things See what people right. do Right, people are going to freak out. Are they freaking out over the mimetism, or are they freaking out over the the controlling the impetuousness? Right? I don't know which one I like better. Like, they're both really freaking cool. Would I love Mavericks that are, you know, old impetuous with uh, mimetism? Yes. Would I love Mavericks without mimetism, but the new optional impetuous? Also, yes. Sure. So.
2: I mean... We should absolutely should give feedback to CBE. I think the the, the way that they actually listen, though, uh, like the, the, the channel that they actually pay attention to is ITS data, right? So if, yeah. you, if you want to, you know, let them know what you think, uh, you should play in ITS tournaments. If you can't play uh, in person because it's unsafe right now, uh the i g l is running real i t s tournaments and is submitting that data to c b because that 's just what o t m does um so you know like one one of the things that i've experienced now on the other side uh being involved in the rules design process for heavy gear is like uh we do there there's internal testing happening among the heavy gear test team uh we but you know there's only so many people and so many viewpoints in there uh so so please do submit more data to rules test teams like either at DP9 or Corvus Belly in this case right and the the metrics mm-hmm. that they look at and they've told us that they look at right repeatedly is they pay attention to ITS list submissions uh, ITS rankings and all that stuff so if you like bikes and you're taking them you're being successful with them right they'll see that uh but only if you're playing in 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 uh, tournaments and stuff so uh this i guess is a plug for playing tournaments in person if it's safe um and uh uh you know plug for the infinity global league which you can find at infinity global league dot com
1: do they still do the one shots
2: still do the one shots they do okay. i think you can buy a one shot code for like two bucks or something like that
1: no I, it's okay i just found, it. I just found it. it's half a euro yeah and you know obviously i don't think this means you have to do it, but it does i believe affect your ITS score
2: it does um, it does uh Although CB, if you're listening, I did buy a one-shot code like years ago, and never got the actual code. So you either owe me two (laughs) half a euro or a one-shot code. Grumble, grumble.
1: Um, But what it is is basically it's it's a code that you can use to set up a two-player ITS game, and like the K value is like two. Like it it barely modifies your ITS score, but it's more than zero. Yeah. Um, And like you, so you you could you could go that route. Right, for for half a euro oh, and affect
4: your ITS score and submit lists to them. You're saying I can beat Aaron over and over and over again and become the best player in the world. Best player in the
1: world. Yeah, there you go.
2: Forget forget grinding exp, grind ITS points. Get your nice. elo. Up.
1: <laughs> so, like, really though, I think the K value is too. and if you know anything about the way uh, the way. Elo scores are calculated. That's very low. The K value for the Rose city rate, I think, it was thirty-two.
0: There you go.
4: All right, so we got to play a lot. Yeah, exactly. You're like, <laughs> oh I know no,
3: to sounds like a lot of a half a euro. Yeah,
1: yeah, right. I gotta, I gotta have to, you know, skill up my my skinning for leathercraft. Like, here we are. How many wolves need to die?
2: <laughs> oh man. <laughs> but, but speaking of tournament scoring, right? We we touched on uh, the 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 four the four zero win if you get a one zero op win right I don't know if you yeah, want to expand so, on that a little more
3: so something that um I was kind of I don't know I, I feel kind of bad about is kind of the takeaway is you know if you my last game was a zero one loss and be, you know my opponent did a classified and I didn't and then other than that we were just both incompetent in rolling dice I guess. Um, and, like, when you have a really, really close game like that and then somebody, you know, happens to get a classified, um, they've changed the tournament scoring so that that now has become, like, a 4-1 TP. In 4-1 in TP. Hmm. So you can have this super close game and then the result is that
0: hmm. the opponent
3: is getting four points to your one point, whereas before it was three points to your one point. And that the bigger swing kind of just feels worse in a lot of ways and i think also is less representative of when you have close gains um they've put a lot more emphasis on winning rather than other metrics that i think might be better like you know scoring more points or something
1: doesn't the the result of this though actually make it so that so like low this so one zero is is a, is a as low of score as you can get, right? Uh-huh. Um, now I need to crunch the, the numbers in my head, and I've had a little bit too much whiskey to do that. But <laughs> I felt like uh somewhere, like, it basically, it made it so that the lower-scoring games, the 1-0 games, might have had a bigger gap, but, like, the, the games that ended, like, 7 to 6 ended with a more narrow gap than they did previously.
3: Um... Mm. No, because that, um, so the most points, the most TP you can get is, what, is five? So now it's, yeah, so it's still a three-point gap. Um, I, I guess, you know, my my main thought is there should probably be more points devoted to scoring points in the game. And mm-hmm. fewer points for just, sure. you know.
2: Right. So, so I guess if you, if you just eliminated TP altogether and went straight to OP, that would be a improvement in your mind?
3: Um, no, probably not. Um, (laughs) that's, that's, that would be an overcorrection. There there's, I mean, this is definitely an extremely like complicated topic. Like I don't want to say like, Oh, I have the answer, but I think that last season felt better to me than this season where, it was three points for a win and now it's four points for a win. And it's just the, mm-hmm. you know, games can be very, very close. And then you get this, you know, four, one TP thing. Right. And that's, it doesn't feel good and it doesn't really reflect how close games may have been. Right.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's true in general of, so, I mean, like we can take look look at this from like a game it design perspective. Right. So, um, uh, Heavy Gear, before we came up with the um, HDBTS tournament system, uh, was a game where basically all the points were were available all the time. Infinity is a game where some points are mutually exclusive. Like, if you flip the antenna, I do not get that point kind of thing. Right? Yeah. And so, uh, like, we, we talk about this in context of games like, oh, this is a four-point swing. I, I I gain two, you lose two. Right, so by nature of the mission design, you are already pushing a pretty large gap in point scores because of that. So most heavy gear games will end in like a like a five four like you know close game, and in in, a close game of infinity may you know be like a six three, right, or a six two or something like that. Um, And so there was a push, I think, what what would that been like season thirteen that they introduced the new the new team, sorry season 12 where they introduced the new tournament point ranking stuff yeah. so th- i think that was in direct response to to that complaint where it was like well you got nothing if you lost now you can sort of make up some points if you if it was a close a close one um and then of course with covid it was hard to get any serious amount of data from large tournaments cuz they were all canceled right but the feedback that, that I that has been like rattling around some of the TO uh, or core forums and stuff or like chat groups is that some, some of the issue that was happening was you would see this banding where you would separate into these like clusters of people that end up having to play each other again because there wasn't enough differential between uh, a high scoring loss or high scoring tie and a win. Right. So the fact that it's it's you're pushing the disparity now is, I think, in direct response to that and an effort to to create that disparity again to to spread out the pairings more. Um, So even if even though it feels bad, I think it, of course, I don't know. CB hasn't commented. This is my speculation. I suspect it's I suspect it's that, Mm -hmm. though. So like I. I almost prefer that because I like I don't want to play the same person twice right like I'm here to play random people that I've never like I would rather go to a tournament and play all new people like I don't want to play people that I drove there with you know um so i I guess it's it's yeah as, as you as you mentioned Aaron it's it's a tough problem I don't think any of us have the answer right now but I just wanted to shed some light as to like what they might be thinking and why they made these decisions
3: yeah no I I absolutely I mean I I understand this is a complex thing yeah. I think that I don't know. I I don't have an answer. I just don't like how it is right now.
1: <laughs> Fair. Right, <laughs> uh... right. I think also part of it comes into the comparison of a loss versus a tie, because what they did is they pushed victories up to four and ties up to two,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? Where previously you could get a like like what is a what should give a player a better score a low scoring tie, or a high scoring loss. And yeah. the problem was that when you we use the TP and then the OP as tiebreakers. Your your low scoring loss actually scores higher. Or sorry, your high scoring loss would score higher than a low scoring tie.
3: Yeah, and there's also the issue of what should score more: a low scoring win versus a high scoring tie. And like, right? I, you know, I do not have an answer for these things, but so, I think that the way it is set up right now feels
2: weird. Yeah, right. I, I agree with that sentiment for sure.
1: I mean, yeah. I guess, like, the more I think about, it, I like, I agree that that makes sense. But I also think that um, a, t- you know, like a, a one-one tie can be indicative of both players are terrible, but it could also be indicative of an extremely hard fought game. I think John and I almost had a game that ended in a one-one tie, right?
2: Zero-zero tie.
1: Or zero-zero tie, right? And and it was. An extremely hard fought game. That
2: was a rough um, game,
1: <laughs> and a zero-zero tie with the with the uh, with the previous rules meant that people who lost games actually scored higher. Um, and so maybe that's where they were coming. Like again, speculatively, like maybe that's where they're coming from with the math, where they wanted a low scoring, like they wanted a tie to definitively be better than a. Uh, than a loss but even then a zero zero tie in versus somebody who does a high scoring loss they can still get both the offensive and defensive bonus in some of the missions yeah um ends up being a tie but that's a that's a harder edge case yeah but yeah it I mean it does affect the math it is interesting it is a little demoralizing getting zero points yeah right mm-hmm. or your one point um but I do wonder about yeah. I kind of have to see the numbers in practice on larger scales to see kind of the, the yeah. full ramifications.
2: I mean, I, I mean, really that's what we're trying to do at IGL right now. Right. So, uh, I mean, I say we, like <laughs> I, I do anything except for run the website and sit in the mod chat and help them out when they need it, but they're, they're doing a great job. I think we're in like, sorry, they're in the third season now. Um, so, you know, if you want to help collect this data and see what, how it pans out, go, go play in the IGL. Right. That's, consistent large tournament happening
1: well great thank you so much for your your first tournament report of the new season it's not
3: broken even though everyone on the internet is going to complain
1: about it oh my god everything's broken all the time Really, what you should do to get the attention of the game developers and to have positive influence of in the community is go to the forums and have all caps, bad spelling. Like, if you could translate it on Google Translate to two or three other languages first, and then yeah. retranslate it back to English, in all caps, and then misspell half the words. Okay, that will, I, that really gets their attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: I've I've heard that, that definitely works, and they don't just. Uh have one person there who isn't really paying too much attention. Yep.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Excellent. Well, anything else you'd like to add? Uh, um, Druze are awesome.
3: Yeah, I wanted to add that Druze is amazing, and everyone should play Druze, especially with the uh, play Druze. Well, the new Red Fury Bounty Hunter is the way it is um, oh before it gets nerfed, because <laughs> I bet by 14 it won't be as good as it is now. So play Druze. They're amazing. (laughs) Druze is the best army. Um, Everyone should play Druze. And here's Melanie's opinion about Bakunin or something.
4: (laughs) (laughs) You can read about it. I was going to say play Nomads because they're the best or don't because it makes me more of a hipster. So either way, I win.
2: I'm on board with that. (laughs) A
4: perfect
1: perfect end to a perfect evening.
4: (laughs) Well, you've wasted another perfectly good evening listening to Late Night War Games. Take it
1: away, John.
2: All right. So if you want to get in contact with us, you can hit us up at mailbag at latenightwargames.com. Questions, comments, fan mails, anything like that. Um, We are here every Tuesday night uh, at 8.30 p.m. Pacific. Uh, We have shows on Monday at the same time slots uh, to do sculpting. And and tomorrow we're going to do painting with Frank, right? So the Untitled Painting Show. And then, of course, we have our regularly scheduled Tabletop Throwdown on Sundays at 10 a.m. Pacific with Tim and Clint. And uh, we have some fun stuff lined up for next next Sunday. I'm not sure what uh, missions are being played, but I'm sure they'll be good. So go check that out. We upload everything to YouTube the day after because of Twitch exclusivity uh, requirements. And, of course, we audio-ify everything and upload it to all of your favorite favorite podcast apps. Um, next episode, we're going to be talking about with New cole with Prof, a.k.a. Nick, right? So he's, he's the... I think he even has like a, a tattoo of the new Cole symbol, right? So he's like all about new um, And Adam, I think At you're muted.
1: Facebook profile image.
2: Oh, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Facebook profile image. Um, uh, but yeah, well, of course, we'd like to give a special thanks to all our war Wargamers on Patreon. If you want to join us and uh, support us, we'll send you minis and thanks, right? So you just have to join by the end of the month and stick around for the whole quarter. Uh, and then, of course, our sponsors, DreamPod 9, Mythic Games, Corvus Belly, Board and, Brut- and Brutal Cities. <laughs>
1: Aaron Melmy, anything you'd like to plug?
3: Um, I think Great Jinru? Uh yeah. Amazing drink. Really helps you uh, podcast better than anyone else. Excellent.
1: <laughs> My words is good. Yeah. Word good. <laughs> All right. Well, be sure to catch us on Facebook, YouTube, anywhere that you get your podcasts. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to give us a five-star rating on iTunes and follow us on Twitch, on YouTube, and YouTube. Follow us, subscribe to us. Whatever the buttons, whatever things, stars, actions, hearts, clovers, horseshoes, hearts. balloons. Oh, hearts. Lots of those. Um, all of that helps us give you the best content or give you. This is a gift. i bring you. Uh, it helps encourage us to give you the best content that we possibly can. At least passable content, acceptable content. Good enough content. It gets I mean, it gets, it gets better as
2: Adam gets more tipsy. Is really what it boils. Right. Does. What are
1: you like? Are you gonna watch some other live stream about miniature war games at 11 <laughs> o'clock at night on a Tuesday? Good luck. <laughs> want this time slot?
2: <laughs> <laughs> all right, everybody. Thank you for joining us, Jordan and Melanie. Uh, thank you all of you out there who are watching, listening to us. Uh, especially all of you here with us on Twitch tonight. Stay safe out there, and we'll see you next week.
4: Thanks, everybody. Oh, 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 oh. Won't you play games with me? And I like to do everyone.
0: That's what I like to do. That's what I like to do. That's what I really like to do. That's what I really like to do.